Hey, what's up? This is Matt from Xavier Big Gruesome, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. So turn it up, dude. Phantasm. This is Brian from Vital Remain. This is Steve Tucker from Warfather and Morbid Angel. Yeah, this is Brian Hopper from The Level of Creation. This is Lee from Monstrosity. Mike Smith from Suffocation. This is Alex from Reason Zombie. This is Dr. Ron Stewart from Exhumed and Impaled. Hey, this is Tom Clark from Warriors Hollow Ground. My name is Tim Corey. This is Dallas from Mal, and you're listening to Phantasm Podcast. This is Martin Van Gruen from Asterix, so you're listening to Phantasm Podcast. What the fuck is up? And welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I'm Corey Gore Christ. With me, as always, Doctor Vincent West. Hey, what's going on? We got a real gem for you guys today, especially for you cult horror fans. Uh, we got Matt Harvey from Exhumed and Gruesome yep. coming up later on the show. Great interview, very insightful. Uh, give you a lot of insight about the scene uh, that he grew up in and uh, in the Bay Area and and, and how he became a fan of metal and horror, so it's pretty awesome. But uh, what movie do we have, Doctor? We are watching the X-rated? X-rated theatrical uh, cut. Of uh, the Grindhouse uh, Blu-ray Limited of uh, Drink Your Blood, which was your Christmas present. It was, and we're finally watching it together. The biggest, bloodiest horror show in history. I drink your blood. Men become animals and eat their victims. I drink your blood. A young boy infects an entire town with rabies turns a group of men into a band of bloodthirsty zombies ravaging a peaceful countryside. I drink your blood will make your blood curdle and your skin crawl. But you will sit there and suffer through the tortures of the damned. You will sit and watch this shocking ugliness splashing across the screen. You will ask yourself, What acts of sadism will this electric knife be used for? What horrors will be performed with this axe? This hose? This dagger? This gun? This sword? All the implements necessary to make this the ultimate in adult horror films. painted a bloody picture, but it is only a small part of what actually takes place in I Drink Your Blood. Can you take it? If you have a strong constitution, we challenge you to test it and sit through 
I drink your blood. I have never seen this film. You've never seen I've it? I've never seen this Ooh. film. Doctor's in for a good one. Actually, I've never seen this cut. I've seen the director's cut. When Grindhouse put this out on DVD, I saw that version. I don't know how I've never seen it, but I've never seen this it. This looks awesome. Like the, the print looks really good. For it to be 1970. Looks like some kind of Indian dude's junk. Oh yeah, you see a lot of you see some dick in this and some uh, some butthole. There you go. There's some nice. We go right into Mr. Skinless here. Uh, that is some Mr. women Skinless. butt. I mean, if you're if you're dudes watching this for other dudes, in one minute and twenty eight seconds, you got some guy butt. So if you're into that sort of thing, you know more power to and you. Check out our Friday the Thirteenth uh, Part Seven. You also want to check out David Durston's other gem for uh, you gay f- viewers is I drink your cum. So. Uh, <laughs> Just fucking. <laughs> We're trying to have fun here tonight. Uh, no, it is. It is funny. We don't you know, this already for something that looks like it probably never had a good print. This looks amazing. This is 1970. This film's been protected. I mean, this was like, you know, the the, the I think. Well, I believe this is the first film to ever get an X rating. Was this? I have movie. a question for you. Is this film? Because we were talking about this on our last podcast. Is it? Um, or one of the last ones we did. Is this another one where there, it's public domain, this film, maybe? No. I mean, I, I think Grindhouse has had ownership to this for a long time, because uh, they put out the DVD years ago. So this wasn't? Uh-uh. So you, this isn't a public domain film? Are you one sure? Of the, yeah, one of the only ones that... What was it? The uh, Satanic Rites of Dracula? No, Devil Rides Out. No, no Devil Rides satanic, Out is protected. It is Satanic Rides yeah. of Dracula. Which is, that's a great movie. And there was one other one that was weird. See, now this... The Terror, which I love, with uh, yeah, Jack Nicholson. That's great. And uh, Frankenstein, I'm pretty sure. Karloff, we have any older horror fans right. out there. And there's Lynn Lowry to Not your old right. Not an old age, but old. Or For those of you following along on the film uh, at home, if you're watching the Grindhouse DVD or the Blu-ray, it's awesome. There's Lynn Lowry right there from The Crazies, which is amazing. Um, I just found that on Blu-ray. Which is, it's, it's out of print, so that's awesome you found it. Uh, when I met George Romero, he had that Blu-ray uh for sale so he could sign it and I didn't buy it and I regret it. We yep. need to get you a copy of Dawn of the Dead. He you had those Dawn of the Dead, Dead Blu-rays too. Are you serious? What was he charging stuff? for the Dawn of the Dead? Nice. I think like uh, 25 bucks for all those Blu-rays. Damn, and there's that's a, not but You probably should have got that. Right there's a real chicken slaughtering right there which is part of the X rating is uh, people in the 70s didn't give a fuck about animal cruelty on screen which doesn't bother me. But. You know, we never we've never done a zombie picture except for um, we did Nine of the Living Dead the Savini one which I, I'm a big fan of that film uh, I like the way that it was shot and we watched the Twilight Time version which has the blue hue that a lot of people had returned that Blu-ray for but um, without never seeing this film and it maybe it's because it's 70s or whatever but the reason that I'm actually enjoying this is this actually looks like it looks like goddamn Helter Skelter. It looks like a, um, like a cult film. Obviously, it's a cult film because it's you know it's like a grindhouse late night film deal. But I mean, this Blu-ray looks fucking unbelievable. I'm I'm absolutely really blown away by this because th- this is like 35 millimeter shit. This is definitely, this is from me, and if any of our fans, if we have any fans or any fans of mine out there, specifically on what I think about film quality, 
to take a 35 millimeter master and get this type of a print out of it, I'm blown away. Oh, grind. This is the, I, I will say. This looks really <laughs> fucking good. I have uh, Cannibal Ferox, which, you know, the doctor has all these titles with me. He's got, uh, I have Cat in the Brain, which looks awful. I don't have that one. I love that film, and I, I did an actual video. You actually have more grind that stuff. I've been trying to kind of pad your grind. I actually, I actually did a, a, a video review on our YouTube page, if you want to go check that out. What's that pieces? Appreciate. We both have that. That's that's Grindhouse, isn't it? It is Grindhouse. Yeah. Uh, pieces look pretty Here's good. Here's one I've got that you don't have. This is just weird. I the just Beyond. Thought, yeah. Yeah, it's awful. I'm the, I'm the biggest... Fulci fan, and I don't have the Beyond. Speaking of which, I have it on DVD. I have. The I wanted to wait and show you this. I wanted to. I'm going to show Corey something that he does not know okay. is out. And is it another? They Fulci don't thing? have this at the FYU over here that's going out of business, but they have it at the one at the other mall. Because uh-huh. I saw it the other day, and I was like, "Why do you not own this?" And I'm going to show it to you right now. See, a lot of the... I have all the faulty stuff on DVD. This came out last year. I can't believe you don't have this. The Woman this is in a, Lizard Skin? I've got that. But uh, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not it? A cat, uh, Black Cat? I have Black Cat on DVD. Hold on a minute. I have To Torture a Duckling. I have Seven Doors of Death, which is the Beyond. I have uh, Cat in the Brain on DVD. The original Grindhouse DVD. Um, I have House by the Cemetery, New York Ripper... Of course, sure I actually own. I don't have New York Ripper on Blu-ray. I have the DVD of it. I love this scene. You just like this guy's a Manhattan baby. Yeah, it's on Blu-ray. The Blue Underground one, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it came out last year, yeah, and it's it's it. it's the fucking three disc limited edition. Yeah, it is like the soundtrack it. or something. They have like that. that at the FYU over there at West Town. We need to go there. I'm going to do some. Doctor always loves to get me in shopping habits. <laughs> go yeah, out I, mean, I just I saw it and I was like, <laughs> it but, wasn't uh, that expensive. But so basically to go through the but that movie yes Manhattan oh, that's awesome that's a great movie, movie. Uh, to go through the okay so so the Grindhouse I have Cat in the Brain I have Pieces Cannibal Ferox Cannibal Holocaust uh, I think I have maybe one or two more I'm not sure but that's how many Blu-rays I have but oh yeah but this this print by far is the best out of all the ones I own. And Cannibal Holocaust looks Blu-ray, really good. DVD, and soundtrack. It's amazing. I'm gonna have to go go shopping. Um, that that's one uh, DVD I don't own because I'm trying to. I like keeping my horror DVDs. You know, some of them like the old Phantasms. I have all those. So you have Manhattan Baby already? I don't. I don't have the DVD of that. So you should get the Blu-ray. That has yeah. a goddamn soundtrack with it. Um. So yeah, the in the movie here. This this woman is sorry. I got off base with that. This woman is friends with this dude, and he's a part of a satanic cult. And she kind of is in the wrong place at the wrong time because she got invited, and then they get spooked out, and they just like rape her and torture her, I guess. And that sets up the whole thing for this film, and you just kind of have to see what happens. Basically, it's beautiful. The, oh yeah, and then we'll we'll talk about the artwork here if you guys have the. Grindhouse Blu-ray just came out a few months ago. It's not that old at all. No, it's not. Um, Grindhouse did another, you know, did a great job. This one does not have the soundtrack with it, which is kind of disappointing. But I don't but know if the soundtrack is protected or anything like none that. None of those. That's the only one there was because I researched it before I bought it. Oh yeah, there's no other version of this. There was one that came with the uh, the blood hypos. Like the, well, that's pretty cool. But that's I don't think I that's the first 3,000 copies of these, and these went a lot faster than the Cat in the Brain. Cat in the Brain is kind of a, um, 
lower tier horror movie be- only because it's kind of like. Oh, you know, is this a slasher? Is this a? It's kind of a slasher. It's kind of like a zombie. I've film. never seen this. If y'all can believe that, it's one I haven't. Kind seen. of passes as a zombie film. It's really just like a exploitation film. It's a snuff film. Can almost. I say something real quick? This is something I wanted to actually. I've actually watched it three times now, and I want to come out and I want to recommend something to you guys this week. But and I'm, I want to take a special second to do this, and it's probably going to give Corey a heart attack. Um, Rob Zombie's thirty one. I love it. You saw we watched it a couple more times. I love it. See, when I saw it the first time, I kind of was just bored, and I thought, it's the best thing he's done. I, thought, I will give him. I think it's the best movie he's ever made. I don't know how people don't like it. It is incredibly gory. I thought the midget, uh, the midget Hitler was the only thing that got on my nerves. But I just don't understand it. But <clears throat> the the opening scene. But it's, it's so it's it's. it's These were the two things that sold me on it when I was watching and I was entertained. The opening scene with um, was it Jeff Daniel Phil? I don't remember his damn name. I don't know the actors. The guy in the beginning. The guy in the beginning doing yeah. the intro. Awesome. I was like, this looks really awesome already. Like, this is very, like, Scorsese, and, like, it's just kind of weird, and I enjoyed it. And then later on with the clowns. It reminds me of one of these grindhouse things. Yeah, the clowns were awesome. I just thought it was, it's the best thing I think he's ever done. Yeah, the, I, the I vibe was nice. I it liked it. The vibe didn't seem like he was borrowing. It seemed like his own thing. And that, I think it's the first time he's gotten there. Cause it's nuts. Lords of Salem, I understood. But it gets these horrible reviews... The Blu-ray is beautiful. There is a there is a documentary. You, uh, by the way, you can go buy this Blu-ray right now when you're listening to this. You can go in fucking Walmart and get it right now. For it was at Target for like yeah. you know, ten bucks or sixteen bucks. But, but yeah, it's like sixteen. But yeah. but if you get it, there is a documentary that's like three and a half hours long about him making that goddamn film, which is uh, crowdfunded. Crazy. And the reason now I want to also go back and I want to I want to make a public apology to Rob on this podcast. I thought he used Kickstarter so he didn't have to spend his own money. When in reality, he used Kickstarter because I watched that three and a half hour documentary. If you can believe that, I actually watched it. And he did the crowdfunding because he couldn't get a studio to back him because it's so bloody. Wow. Yeah, because nowadays everything is going backwards to more PC, so they're not putting shit out anymore. That's horror, which is probably why a lot of gorier horror movies aren't seeing the light of day here. But I, for yeah. what it is, I'm not saying it's my favorite film in the world. I'm not saying it's the best, but I did buy it and the I doctor's do like recommending it. a Rob Zombie film, I say you guys go check it out if you haven't. Um, for what it is. My first, you take it for what it is. Don't go into it that, that I just told you that it's that it's from Beyond or Phantasm or, or Tenebrae or, 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 or whatever your genre of horror, a Vincent Price flick or, or a Hammer film or, or Texas Chancellor Massacre. I'm not saying any of that. I am saying that I think for all his director's stuff that he's done. I mean, this this wipes the floor with those Halloween films, which I felt like he should have never done in the first place. Right. And uh, But, uh, but yeah. And you can borrow it if you want. The Blu-ray is beautiful. I mean, I watched it, and I, you know, uh, you know, Miss Gorecrest really liked it. She was like, how do you not like this? And I was like, I don't know. I, th- I think... I think when I went in to watch it, I just wasn't feeling it when I turned it on. I don't know. Uh, Look, he's, it looked like he, something I needed to watch another time. When I, whenever it was, I watched it three, t- three or four times. Whenever now. it ended, I was. I got like, drunk and watched it. I actually enjoyed it. Whenever it's not it, very long. Whenever it ended, I was like, I think I need to watch that another time and give it another shot. 
I, I wasn't like ruled out of it. Let me, let me say this about it too. I feel like Robert Rodriguez, who I'm a fan of some of his work, like and Quentin Tarantino. Things. Again, I'm a fan of some of his work. I feel like Rob took the best of both of what they try to do when they try to do something edgy, and he took it over the goddamn top. Yeah, what I do like because it's insane. What I did like about it feels like one. It feels like like a music video that that, that just went crazy. But I don't know how people. I've read reviews where people said it was boring, or they said it was stupid, or they said, and I'm like, what movie did you watch? The only thing I didn't like was the the midget thing. After that went on too long. After that, he was dead. The rest of the movie was pretty awesome. Um, it's just weird. Love, I don't even love the clowns. Uh, that was probably my favorite scene of the whole movie when they were fighting the clowns and they just fucking. But I don't, don't want to give people the, the idea that I'm I'm going to go listen to his new album and oh, walk yeah. out to it on when I drive back to the morgue tonight. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for what it is, I will give it all the credit in the world. And I want to bring up something else just to re-give everybody a heart attack that listens to me. J.J. Abrams, the Phantasm Three remastering. It's amazing. Are you kidding me? Oh, that uh, Phantasm box set they're putting out, it has the remastered in it. Oh, I figured. And it's uh, WellGo USA is who's distributing that. That's the same company that put the other Blu-rays yeah. out. So that's what they're going to... Now, probably... what's the version of Part 2 that's in it? It didn't say, but from looking at the extras, I, I think it's a port of the Screen Factory. Of course, it won't be the the, the labeled thing, but I think it's the print. Definitely. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Another one I want to recommend to everybody out there, and I just want to say this because I actually have watched this uh, five times now. Wow. I want to uh, recommend. Doctor's been binge watching. I, wa- I have. I want to recommend Phantasm Ravenger. And you know what? Uh, I have not seen. It. Really liked it. I've but I will say. Kinda, th- I will say this now. Now, if if I want to say something to everybody about this, um, I've just been waiting. Where Coscarelli right didn't do it, it goes down a notch. And this may offend some people out there. I would recommend Thirty One by Rob Zombie over the Ravenger film. Even though the Ravenger that. film is fun, the, the uh, Reggie makes that film. Right, it's goddamn hilarious. He makes all those films. So yeah. he's just stand up guy. He's fucking awesome. And of course, Corey's met him and whatever. But, I'll but anyway, give, I'll give a shout. You guys out are at to, Walmart. To You're at Barrett's Walmart. Right. You got some money to burn. Pick up the Phantasm flicks. Pick up the fucking Rob Zombie thing. Yeah, come on, guys. When do you get to see Phantasm at Walmart? Or honestly, a gory Rob Zombie film because it's it's yeah. way raunchier than those other films he did. Now uh, to go, it, back. Devil's Rejects is probably a better film. But but I don't I, know. I like the vibe and the story of Thirty One better than Devil's Rejects. Is no, but the way it's shot, he did do a really nice job of shooting that film. But I yeah, but I just I agree with that. I don't know. But, uh, it's, it's pretty good. You should check it out. I'm not, I'm not saying it's the greatest thing in the world. No. Um, the the Ravenger. But you recommend it. Or the 31, but they're they're pretty good, man. I mean, but, but what do you want from a horror film? You know, I don't go into a horror film expecting it to be the goddamn Exorcist or or uh, or, or Psycho or Texas Chancellor Massacre or even a Vincent Price flick that I'm, I'm crazy about and have been since I was a kid. I go into it with a pretty open mind. I, I'm going to recommend another one real quick if I haven't already done this. If it's okay, if I don't have to burn up too much time on this and get away from the film, but the Blair Witch remake I thought was really good. Right. I liked it. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, 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 Aaron Eckhart that I just watched. Uh, I can never remember the name of that. Hold on. You say it every time. <laughs> You've been talking about it a lot, and then I don't remember what the fucking title is. Give me one second, and I will tell you I guys. apologize, but I, I don't remember at all. But uh, 
this film, which is crazy, and it's actually inspired by some real-life events that happened involving the uh, Manson cult, which is uh, pretty awesome, and you can it's, tell right away that's what this movie is referencing. Incarnate. Incarnate. I want to tell you guys something right now. One of the best films I've seen in a long time. It's original for for a guy dealing that that does exorcisms because he's not religious. He considers it like a germ in the body, and he has to get it out. It's it was really fucking good. And I want also notice if you watch Incarnate, look for his helper that's walking around wearing a goddamn decapitated shirt through the whole fucking film. Yeah, it's pretty metal. You already got that going on. So I'm I'm dead serious. But, That's uh, him in the film. Yeah, he looks He's in like a visual. wheelchair and stuff. I'm telling you, it's good. It reminded me that... <laughs> I mean, look, when I when I was saw the watch the trailer before we watched I was like, this is going to be, and I'm quoting Gore Cross, like, that looks like a fucking turd. Yeah. But it was, it, I swear to you, it was very entertaining. Because I think Aaron Eckhart's actually a pretty good... Uh, Actor? Uh, yeah. yeah. I do too. The, the story on it is uh, a scientist with the ability to enter the subconscious minds of the possessed must save a young boy from the grips of a demon with the powers never seen before while facing the horrors of his past. I loved it. It was at this theater for like a goddamn week and then it was gone. The Blu-ray comes out in March. But you guys should give it a shot, especially if you guys are doing digital shit or you're you know, stealing stuff. By all means, I'm not your parent. You know, Check out Incarnate. That's another one that, I, and honestly, because I feel like I don't touch enough on some of the newer stuff, I kind of feel like horror is kind of making some kind of a comeback for me in my head anyway. I think it's about to, or it's kind of in the brink of it. I'll tell you this. Hey, here you go, and I'll tell everybody out there this. I liked Incarnate as much as I did Conjuring 2. Yeah, and a, another good one. You liked that Ouija film, didn't you? That Ouija film was actually really good. See, I've never seen the first one, so I was skeptical. I didn't either. I've never seen the first okay, one. Okay, you just went right into it. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it had enough stuff in it. And you know what's morbid about this film is a bunch of these actors are, are dead. Jesus. It's <clears throat> Which I was, think, I was thinking about that. Um, the actor that plays Pete Banner and, of course, the main guy, uh, Basker, who plays... Uh, Horace Bones and that's that guy right there the, the uh, native character um, has, has passed away so that's kind of morbid and also uh, damn what Richard Bowler who plays Doc Banner as well so of course I'm not like familiar enough to know the characters names by you know looking at them so it's kind of a uh, God, that's it's hard to figure out because there's no pictures of these characters. It's like most of them haven't really done anything notable, and this was pretty much all they had. Um, but yeah, this this movie was filmed in Sharon Springs, New York, which Gore Christ, which is me, uh, lived very close to Sharon Springs. It's about a, a five to ten minute drive from my house in upstate New York, so. I've probably been to where this is. Um, God, I'm bond there. Which I had no idea. But this movie was filmed in Sharon Springs, New York. It's pretty remarkable. Um, <clears throat> this is really random. This has nothing to do with anything other than me just talking. <coughs> okay. You realize I'm buying that, don't you? Look, there's a steel book of it. <laughs> I'm, do you know how many times I've seen it now? I've seen it like nine times. Do you ever just? Do you never watch a movie? I'm not even going to tell you what this is because you'll just make fun of me. But it's Jack Reacher. 
That's Jack Creeper. It's no, but listen, it's it, I just liked it. It just works for me. I don't know why. That's fine. Anyway, so Corey just offered because he has a lot of money now. He's going to buy me Jack Reacher with the steel boat. I actually already pre-ordered it for him. So it's okay, a- even better. Okay, we got some titles here for you guys. This would start on January thirty-first. Uh, we've got Blood Mania slash Point of Terror, which I'm not familiar with either one of them. Um, uh, Masterminds, which I wanted to see and never saw because it never went to the goddamn cheap theater. That's a movie with Zach Galifianakis. That's just me talking out of my ass. It's not a horror movie. Uh, and, okay, we got Poltergeist 2, the Scream Factor Collector's Edition, Poltergeist 3, Collector's Edition. That comes out the end um, of January. So Yep, that's what I'm talking about the which last Which is crazy. Week. I feel like I've seen it. Uh, Lair in the White Worm, which I love, which is a Vestron thing. And then, uh, I think that Stupid Parents movie comes out too that day. Yeah, it does. That movie's terrible. Randy Quaid can't even save that fucking movie. <laughs> Uh, although I might buy it just because it's on that weird label because I'm kind of a dork like that right um, we have any King Kong fans are reissuing the uh, Peter Jackson King Kong movie on Blu-ray the ultimate edition which is apparently several discs long I'm not really sure what they did with it um, it's not really horror but it's kind of horror-y I guess in my realm because I'm a Godzilla fan um what we got here? Dr. Olaf's Monster. Orloff's Monster, excuse me. And that's from uh, Redemption. Uh, I don't know if we have any fans of this. I'm going to go ahead and... I'm not plugging this. I'm just letting you all know what's coming out. We've got From Dust Till Dawn Season 3. comes out on Blu-ray that, that week. Um, what do we got here? Uh, why would you put out Not of the Museum the Collection? Anyway... Unless you want to lobotomize you and your children. <laughs> I'm going to plug this, even though this is sci-fi and it's not horror. Uh, Quantum Leap, the entire series, comes out on Blu-ray that week, and I'm buying it. Um, I'm a huge fan of that show. I love Scott Bakula. And you listen to this podcast before you know I'm a huge Star Trek dork. Here is a... Uh, Wild Beast also comes out <clears throat> that week as well. There's a weird... February 14th. We're about to start doing stuff. You have something? Valentine's Day. Yeah, you, re- you ready for me to keep going, or you you got stuff? Um, I'm on a list from hell. I'm getting ready to do, like, the next six months. <laughs> I'm serious. I've got it pulled up right here. Um, let's see. What do we got here? I was just going to say, there's something weird that I really want to buy that I saw. I remember they put it out, but I totally forgot about it. The Scream Factory put out... Um, uh, a double feature with, of the Blackulas. I have that. And I really like those ones. I have them. Yeah, they're great. I think that's something we should do. I've got them. Love exploitation movies anyway. This this movie especially, uh, I Drink Your Blood, is a great you know, start to that. But uh, Dracula and Scream, Blackula Scream are really good. Um, something we should definitely do. This is what I was suggesting. Oh, sure. Um, um, not to get too far away from the movie, this chick's trying to... I'm just doing my best. Get this kid to fucking look at her boobies. Um, Basically, these are just drugged out hippies on LSD and they're performing satanic rituals. They got this kid's grandpa in there right now and they're kind of trying to get him to fuck off. February 21st, we've got some stuff. Now, again, all this isn't horror, it's just stuff that I'm recommending to people because I'm going to recommend to you something that I enjoy. Uh, on occasion, uh, 
Richard Chamberlain, Sharon Stone, one of my favorite films ever made, King Solomon's Mind, a movie cashing on the uh, Indiana Jones craze in the 80s, but it's a hell of a film if you're a fan of that. No Retreat, Never no, seen it. No Retreat, No Surrender, the first film with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and it's amazing. He's the villain guy fighting the kid, and it's great. It's a cheese ball. Not horror, but still goddamn rules. Um, let's see here. Although I've got horror for you kids. Uh, we got the Deathline Collector's Edition. And that's from Blue Underground. Uh, we have any horror nerd, or excuse me, horror slash comic nerd fans out there. We have the Doctor Strange 3D Best Buy exclusive Steelbook, which comes out February 28th. Which I'm disappointed in myself. I never went and saw it. We'll go see it at the Dollar Theater. Yeah, it's never made it there. Uh, Not yet. When it comes out on home release, it will. Well, it'll be there probably pretty soon, I would be my guess. Yeah. I don't know what Ape 3D is, but it interests me. Dead it time, was a weird... Uh, Dead Time Stories is something else it's that's not a, It's out. not a Corman, but that Ape 3D was like a... I think Dino De Laurentiis made it. It's an Arrow film from 2001 called Pulse. I don't know what that, that is. is. That's what Ape is. It's a Dino De Laurentiis film. All right, kids. Are you ready? This is the Doctor's Pick for the month of February. If you have no money... Out of all the things he said, he hasn't listed this one yet. Okay. If, you, if, you have, if you're very low on money... Well, the gate also comes out from uh, Vestron. That's another. Uh, really you know what's at the Dollar Theater right now? That Ouija movie. Oh, okay. I'll have to go check it out that. then. Give me something to do. Um, I want to see it again. for the month of February and January. I'm even going to take over January with this too. What's left of it? Uh, there's only one movie you need from Vinegar Syndrome, Slaughterhouse. I knew it. I knew that was your pick. You have no idea how excited I am about that. I I, I uncovered it and and I think we did it on the last episode we did. I am uh, so. Happy the, about that. The doctor was like, and you kept this shit from me. It's like, well, I mean, who's the? Uh, I'm very excited. What fucking episode was that that we did? It was the Friday Thirteenth episode, I think. I, I think it was the part five when one I dropped the bombshell on you. We did a double feature of the Friday Thirteenth. Uh, we did two movies. Uh, it was very fun. First one was a little more off the rails than than the next one, but we had a good time with it. It was a lot of fun. March seventh, there it is. There's Incarnate. Um, we got Demented coming out as well. I don't know if that's the I same. I think that Scream Factory is Is that the same goddamn out. week? Hold on. <clears throat> no, it's not in here. It must be later. All right. Whoa! Whoa! This thing just went crazy on me. Sorry, my app just went... like It was going like like I was traveling through time. <laughs> goddamn Dr. Emmett Brown picked me up and took me on the phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, Slaughterhouse. If you guys... You guys want to buy an eighty slasher that is baseball? It's awesome. It's it's amazing. It's 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 definitely one of my favorites. Um, a lot of people like Madman from back then, which I'm a fan of too. But I think Madman sucks compared to Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse is absolutely awesome. And I found out something interesting. Uh, I wanted to comment about Slaughterhouse. Uh, Mortician actually sampled some stuff from that film. It's uh, fuck. I was just listening to it earlier. It's um, I'm gonna go find it. I have to because. Okay. I was just listening to it. I couldn't tell you what it was. I just know that they did because I remember the goddamn I, song. I couldn't remember. I just don't know the name of it. I couldn't remember the song name, but they were, you know, it was God, the part. That's fucking bad. It's the part where Doctor Strange and Slaughterhouse the same week, and the Gate. So there's the Gate and Slaughterhouse. That's oh. a, a Vestron release. The Gate, which yep. is a great film, such a great movie. Um, please, Vestron, please, for the love of God, put out the Wraith with Charlie Sheen. Please put it out. On chainsaw dismemberment, was it mass mutilation? That wasn't it. Might have been decayed, or the song. Have you looked on Wikipedia? Wikipedia has a breakdown. Or the song uh, slaughtered, maybe. 
If you look at their thing, it'll break down the. Because in the beginning, he's like, uh, he's like, Buddy's a good boy, you know all that stuff. It's funny. Never seen that movie. It's great. It's a fucking cheese ball. Basically, there's a this guy owns a slaughterhouse, and his son Buddy lives in the lives in there, and it's uh, he just throws people down there and kills them. It's hilarious, but it's a great film. I'm not going to go too much further, but I'm going to keep going a little bit. Um, and this is for March 14th. Uh, we've got the Dead or Alive trilogy from Arrow, which I'm not really sure what the hell that is. Oh, I'm an idiot. The Firestarter Collector's Edition. The song is called Slaughterhouse Part 2. Oh, okay. Which, is, and which it's album? from uh, Chainsaw Dismemberment, which is... God, you just listened to that. I mean, <clears throat> look... Hacked Up for Barbecue is our best album, but if I had a go-to, Chainsaw Dismemberment is my favorite Mortician record. Really? Uh, love it. It's just different. I don't know. They got the Silent Night, Bloody Night shit on there. The Crazies is on there. Texas 2 is on there. He just put weird horror samples in that one. Uh, Phantasm 2 is at the end. Friday 13th Part 2. <laughs> That's such uh, a good movie. It is good. That they, girl's He's got Texas 3 on there, and Silent Night, Bloody Night. Uh, Mass Mutilation has Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer on it. Um, Stab is the first track. It's got one of Stranger Calls, like the OG one. It's pretty awesome. It's it's because it was their second album, so they put sequels on there. Like, Will Raymer's fucking is the fucking man. Because he's like, look, we have a, our second album, we're going to have sequels as the... As the quotes, it's fucking awesome. Uh, um, if you want to catch Mortician, they are having a rare appearance at the Las Vegas Death Fest. Um, pretty sure the dates are June, which we're working on going to. Uh, June seventh through the ninth. I want to around that time. I'm sorry, I don't have all the dates yet. The tickets are on sale. Can we eighty six either that or something? Yeah, we had we had just talked. We had just spoken with. Uh, Maddie Way in a, a pathology. They will also be uh, one of the headliners of, of uh, Las Vegas Death Fest. And we have a great episode um, with him coming up too. Right, it's going to be awesome. So you guys be on the lookout for that. Um, that festival, yeah, man. I'm. But if you I want, freak, you can hear it in the interview. I freaked out. I'm impression edit that out. I sound like a dork, a little girl. But Mortician doesn't do touring, and I also don't think that band gets any love. But Roger. I'm pretty sure lives in Las Vegas where they're holding the festival, and I think that's how that ha- came to be. So no matter what, they're they, they're unearthing Will from a tomb. Shout out to Big Mike, who uh, is the the organizer and promoter of Las Vegas Death Fest, for landing that and the uh, getting Vader and Pathology and Sarcophagy, who's our Anthony and our and, and Ryan, our boys in Gorgas. Yep. So shout out to the Sarcophagy for landing that bill. And, yep. uh, if if you want a real authentic death metal experience, uh, I think that'd be the one. That'd be our first time going, so uh, hopefully we can bring the phantasm out there um, and see you guys in Las Vegas. For any of you fans listening, any West Coast guys, uh, we'd be really glad to come see you guys and hang out. It'd be great. Are we doing another after? Yeah. Guys, I'll get back to you with the new release shit. I've done it to death. I'm sorry. I've got so much stuff here. I could talk, I could do a whole episode on just goddamn shit that's coming out. Nice. Right, the it's, it's Dr. Vincent West's uh, new release podcast. But but, sla- but, but Slaughterhouse, <laughs> stay, thank you for, for telling me, because re- this is a title that I, I was hoping Arrow would get. What, Slaughterhouse? Yeah. I really wanted Arrow to get it, because I know you, it would look amazing. You dropped amazing. it like a 
second set of balls when I told you that. I mean, it's... You were like... I used to rent that because it scared the hell out of me. That was a rent movie. I rented it. I oh, think. man. Or, or my mom did something like that. Here's, here's, an off, here, here's the where the movie gets crazy right here. So the grandson... Sorry, we've gone off the rails of this film, but it, there's so much stuff going on. The grandson has my fault. found a, a, a rabid dead dog out in the woods. And he took his blood, so he's injected the blood into these meat pies. Or I guess they're just regular pies, I don't know. But, uh, you know, these, of course, these hippies are all drugged out on LSD, so they're trying to, uh, so they're trying to, uh, you know, get some munchy food. And they're going to get some munchies, all right? They're going to have the munchies for a long time until they're all dead. Sorry, I'm goddamn freezing. No, you're fine. I like to keep this house like a slaughterhouse. And, uh, no, you're fine. I just I apologize. I'm just got Buddy hiding in the, <laughs> in the pantry there. <laughs> He's gonna come out and be like, "Eat meat, Daddy. I I'm like meat, that, I'm Daddy." I'm telling you, that movie is. It's it's like a. I don't know. It's like Texas Chainsaw to the tenth power. I just really liked it as a kid. I just remember it scared the hell out of me. I rented it so many fucking times too. Like I would, I would watch that with a pillow over my head. Yeah. Like I was like, oh shit. It's a good one. It came on. I know I've seen it. You know, late night, like three a.m. Horror movies would come on when I was little, and I remember the title screen coming up specifically of Slaughterhouse, and I was like, ooh, Slaughterhouse. This seems bad. Like this looks naughty, so I'd watch it. You know, there's another title that I want to do for everybody on here. Slaughterhouse will definitely do. You guys can be on the lookout when that drops. And we'll, Let me find If you guys are on the fence about that I just film. bought it. I found it used online, and I bought it. I wanted to share this with everybody. This is a this is a Venator Syndrome title, and I haven't got it yet, so I don't know what it looks like, but I wanted to do it on one because I thought it would be funny. Sure. Um, and I'll tell you what it is in just a second, because for whatever reason, I cannot think of the name of it right now. Um, of course, uh what the doctor prescribes is what we what we take so if 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 you want to do that whatever film you're about to tell me Death Row Game it. Show never heard of which it. I used to watch on VHS that's a weird when one. I was a kid. never even heard of that Linnea Quigley's in it she's very naked in it too yeah I think that was her MO she was just like she was typecasted as the nudie. Another picture. one that I picked up, uh, and I found this at the one going out of business. I've got Jack Frost, if you ever want to watch that. You got that Blu-ray? Yeah. I you got the lenticular, or did you get the regular? No, it's just a... There was no lenticular. There, there was is just, a lenticular. Oh, no. I know, but, but that's not what... I need that probably. We should do it. Too. It was we 11 bucks. We should totally do it. Yeah, it was 11. I bought it. All right, so now the uh, hippies are eating the meat pie, or the... But I didn't get it over there. They didn't have it oh. over there is what I was trying to say. I bought it online. Those pies. So maybe it is lenticular. I don't know. Right. I bought it online. Those pies look nasty. That doesn't look lenticular to me, though. There is one. I just don't know. I don't think it's probably so. out of print. Because you remember the old VHS even, like before the DVD, they had a lenticular cover. So they, I, I think it's cool that Vinegar kept uh, the lenticular cover like the old school version. It was pretty No, awesome, it is. So. You know I've never seen that movie. Jack Frost. It's Shannon Elizabeth from uh, American Pie. <laughs> it looks funny. Also, Thirteen it Ghosts. Funny. It's really funny. It's it's about a guy. If you guys have never seen Jack Frost, not the uh, Michael Keaton sob story, <laughs> the, the snowboard film, whatever the fuck that was. 
stupider. Snow Day. He said <laughs> He's in like a blues band. It's fucking horrible. Um, I got that Dixie Chick song on that. I know too much about that movie. Uh, you do. I've seen it a million times. Get up on a bus with as a kid. Well, Jack Frost, uh, the horror movie, is about a guy who, he's like a serial killer and then there's some kind of like a <laughs> chemical accident with the truck that's taking him to prison and like a chemical truck they fall in the snow and he turns into a snowman it's really retarded but it's it's fun to watch um a lot of great quotes in that movie a lot of campy bullshit like i said shannon elizabeth is is nude in that so that's some uh pre-order mr skinless i don't know this but i want to make a prediction that scream factory puts out child's play two and three this year I'd say that's a fair prediction, yeah. They're universal. The, those Blu-rays that are in that box that suck, they look like shit and they're bare bones. And that first one got put out and it's beautiful. Christ, it's... it's. We need to do that one. We'll do Child's Play, of course. And I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of the weirdos that likes 2 and 3. A lot of people think... No, 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 no. I, I, I grew up watching... I don't have a problem with that. I don't have... Actually, I'm going to tell you the one I watched recently, not to get on a tangent about Chucky, but I watched that. What's the... I get him. You watch one of the shit ones. I watched that Cedar Chucky. I was laughing my balls off it's watching so that. Ridiculous. Because it's Brad Dorf had me in fucking teeth. Like I'll do whatever I fucking want, and I was like going, "What is this?" All right, so in the, in the in the movie here, and if if you guys have just been listening to us babble, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Thirty eight minutes, eleven seconds. I mean, we have fun. Usually, we don't follow the movie. We're kind of just watching it while we tell you guys about all the new goodies you can buy with your giant wallets because we all know everyone listening to this has a lot of money <laughs> like the doctor here and, and, and me myself we just buy whatever blu-rays we want yeah. and uh so these guys have just eaten those rat you know those uh rabies pies and nothing's kicked in yet so they're gonna see Rolo in this film is still Holy alive shit. uh George Patterson so I doubt he does any conventions, but if I ever met oh George Patterson God. in this film, because he's my favorite, it would be pretty awesome. Um, the doctor just uh, unearthed something. Is it something coming out? Is it another thing everybody needs to... It's something I will just tell you guys never to do unless you have a lot of money. But my God, hold on a second. When I find out a little bit more about this, I'll I'll continue what I'm talking about. Okay. Why the fuck is that gone? Oh, God, please don't be gone. 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 Because I have <laughs> enough to buy it. Please don't be gone. Oh, it's still there. What is it? I need that shirt. I thought that's the one you got. I haven't got it yet. You didn't I, get I it? I didn't have the money to get it yet. Um, what I wanted to tell you guys, I'm on the Fright Rag site, and they now have goddamn Alfred Hitchcock shit. Huh. Which is just cool. The stuff you like? Or? Yeah. 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 There's a couple of things. There's a cool Psycho one on here. Um, but, what was I going to say? Oh, man, they've got a fucking Count Chocula, Boo Berry, and, and fucking... That's awesome. Uh, Frankenberry goddamn shirt. Those are that come with a mask. No, these are just shirts. They had ones that came with like little masks you can wear. I love it when they do that shit. They did that with that Tarman shirt that you bought. They had uh, 
like a Tarman mask you can put on. It's pretty cool. It was the same shirt. Yeah, weird. It was packaged with a box set, and they That's had kind of cool. They had a Jaws one. It was a Jaws shirt. I had a Jaws mask where you could put on. It looks like the shark. It's really cool. Um, and they did that with Halloween. I'm pretty sure, but it was you know it's like a string like mask or whatever. I just got that plastic. Finally, too. It was the only one I didn't have. God, that shirt is fucking ridiculous. You like it? Oh yeah. I don't know if that guy was just whacking off or what he was doing. Oh no, this movie's uh, really strange. No, they're feeling the. Uh, the rabies here they're all getting fucked up now that's my favorite one of those that I bought is that one yeah it's pretty, if you guys go to Fright Rags and look up some of the Halloween shirts uh, you can look at the the doctor's collection because he has them all so I'm such a huge fan of the you know what's amazing to me is how cheap and how many they've sold of, the, of, of some of this stuff on here that I, I would figure they would have tons of different varieties of and they don't have shit left those 31 shirts are gone. Yeah. Those are really good shirts, too. That's another thing with the... Going back to the 31, the artwork for the uh, home release looks amazing. Like the uh, Blu-ray and everything. Nice to have in the collection. And now Rolo here is... Uh, well, we're about to see maybe a, uh, a sacrifice. They're playing with tarot cards. They're all starting to freak out from... The LSD and the uh, and the rabies, so shit's about to go down. I think, you know, and we got Baskar here. That Deathgasm movie sucks. I thought it was pretty funny. It's okay, but I was watching it. And the more I watch it, and we get a sacrificial stab here. See, it's about to happen. This is where they. Would you wear boom? No. It it's like from it. part six. You know that, don't you? I know, but the it's oh, it's the Alice Cooper thing. I don't know. It kind of looks weird because it's Alice Cooper. See, this is fucking crazy for seventy. I think it's kind of cool. It is kind of, but then it looks like a mushroom head shirt. I don't know. Or ICP. I can't really tell. I get it. That's Alice Cooper makeup on the Jason mask, but personally, I don't, I don't know. Because I almost there's one shirt that's really awesome in that line. I can't remember which one it is. It's one with Alice on it. But it's not the mask one. You need a Scream t-shirt is what you need. Ugh. <laughs> it's Wes Craven's best film, guys, is, is Scream. I'd rather watch Deadly Blessing than that. You know, I would rather watch about anything. Okay, I want to say, I get made fun of. For, my favorite Wes Craven film is The Hills Have Eyes, and it always will be. That's you know, just making it. fun of for that. That's, I mean, that's, I've been laughed at from that's day the best, one for like It's still his that. best film, I think. It's the scariest. It's a great um, movie. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street's all right, and uh, the second one's better. Did he do? Did he direct the second one too? Yes. Okay. Which I love. That would almost rival Hills of Eyes. Hills I of think Eyes I'm gonna buy that. They've got that on sale finally. I think I'm gonna just buy that. See, that's my favorite one. Is, is two Poltergeist two? Of course it is. It's Screaming Mad George did the makeup oh. for it. Well, you said you like the third one a lot. I do, and but they don't have ball. a shirt from the third. The third one. one's a cheese ball. It is. It's awesome though. Well. Uh, January 31st, guys, is uh, Screen Factory puts out two and three of Poltergeist, which is awesome. So, definitely be picking those up. You can, you know, we always kind of pinpoint which episodes. We try to match up these movies like a fine wine, so I uh, figured Matt Harvey would probably appreciate I Drink Your Blood. It's a, it's a cult horror film. It's very essential. It's very bloody. X-rated. So, uh, 
Another one that would be really good for them would be Torso, but unfortunately I don't have that DVD or Blu-ray. It's uh, I don't have it either. Blu-ray. I don't it's, have that movie. I'm not. I don't like that movie. It's it's that movie's actually kind of uh, unsettling a little bit. There's a lot of like rape stuff in it. I'm not really into that that crazy kind of stuff. But I it's very good. It. It's not a movie I can pop in and sit here and be joyful about new releases and you know, have fun with it. It's kind of a, like I said, it's it's like a blood-curdling film. I don't really, it's, it makes actually makes me uncomfortable, I will say. It's because it is. It's On our horror podcast, where we're talking about being snuff horror fans and fans of Matt Hop, this is, you're missing good gore here. He's chopping some. Well, I'm trying off. to look something up for you. But, um. Gay. Okay, sorry, I just got fun. I'm on here. Sam, I'm an Exhumed fan, and I love Italian horror and gore, but, you know, I am the gore Christ, but if a movie makes me unsettled, I'm unsettled, and uh, Torso definitely is kind of unsettling to watch. Uh, have I seen it? Yes, I've seen it a few times, but I have that's, that. it's pretty... Oh, the Maximum Overdrive, it's awesome. The movie's amazing. Um, Why the hell Arrow or somebody's not put that out as being on me, but maybe they're working on it. They might. Doctors here just... Making his new wardrobe. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking at some <laughs> stuff here, guys. Cause I apologize, but I. Oh God, that's but they made they redid that one. So if you go to frightracks.com, it's actually all the that's back on there. All the, the shirts are just a, all the shirts are from uh, Doctor Vincent Wetz's uh, closet. It's all I wear, pretty it's, much. It's, it's all pretty sad. They actually but. come from his closet. They have to get rid of his shirts. <laughs> so they sell them on a site <laughs> called Fright Rags. <laughs> It's fright-rags.com. <laughs> dot West. It's, it's dot West. It's Dr. West's wardrobe, and they're selling it. It's like his his eBay. eBay. You know what's annoying is they had Phantasm shirts at one time. I know. And you can't ever find them. They're never on eBay either. They're not even on the goddamn graveyard. They're just, like, gone. Yeah, they're just... They don't have them. I anymore. remember when they had them. I mean, but... You remember Phantasm yet? Corey Mambles. Yeah, there's... So, I feel like I'm watching a Bond film. It does seem like a Bond film, doesn't it? I said no. this earlier. I have no idea why this feels like a Bond film. It does, though. But it feels like a goddamn Bond movie. Maybe it's because it's 1970. And it's, it fe- it, it, yeah, Live and Let Die. It's what it yeah. feels like, goddamn... Uh, which is not a bad thing. We're both huge no, James Bond fans. This one's that, Live but. and Get High is what this one is. Or Die and Get, get High and Die is this one. Um, Cut off above the thigh. <laughs> I, drink, I drink your Bond... Or I drink your blood, shake and not stir. That's what this move's called. Um, yep. Loud synth music. The soundtrack for this is awesome. I wish they had included it on here. I don't know if they just that just couldn't. I, I assume they just couldn't get that worked out. Or um, I can't get over how this transfer looks off a thirty-five millimeter film. Oh, it looks great. I mean, it looks like. Look it, at that right there. We're at. Uh, Let's see, 47 minutes, 44 seconds. This movie's not that long. And if you guys just skip, if you're not even on our, you're not keeping up with us, just skip to that time frame, 47 minutes, 33 seconds to look at this print. I mean, it looks fantastic. And this is the Grindhouse releasing limited Blu-ray of uh, I Drink Your Blood. Which also, if you guys are just fans of this stuff, if you're collectors like we are, which I'm sure most of you enthusiasts are, uh, the... Bonus feature: uh, the second disc of this comes with "I Eat Your Skin," which is the uh, 
presented for the very first time in HD, and that's the film that was paired up with this at the Grindhouse uh, theaters, which is pretty amazing that they included that in here. Also, Blue Sextet, which is uh, David Durston's apparent long-lost X-rated psychedelic shocker, and it's never been put on video before on home video. So, um, my I friend that I grew up with, those. Peter, was really into these top movies. I just I don't know a lot about the whole Grindhouse stuff. I don't. Well, I don't know. These were just kind of. I'm enjoying this. Mm. I mean, this is actually really good. A lot of them were like they played out like this. So this like is actually a decent film, but what they're like snuff. Some of some his of them stuff are was so, just like some Grindhouse stuff is just kind of way too out there, where it's just not even boring. It's just weird. You can't really follow anything that's going on, but some of the really gory ones like this one I really love, and the story is actually cool to it because you know if you want it's a revenge it, um, film, you know. we can always do. Uh, Again, it's a long film. Right. I've got Tenebri, and I've also got that other one I just bought. Phenomena. Yeah. Love to do Phenomena. Phenomena's great. It's Jennifer Connelly. When she was young, it's a great film. is actually really good, too. It's just... It is long, and it's kind of slow, but um, very beautiful death scenes. There's a lot of arterial spurts, and there's a lot of... Uh, you know, I love that. The reason I'm happy that I bought those, the print looks. Well, you got the soundtrack amazing. with both of them. Oh yeah, both of them have the soundtrack with the Synapse. I'll give you all the credit in the world. You guys package the fuck out of those steel books that you put out. Uh, I want fucking Suspiria. I'm not sure if the demons uh, steel books come with soundtracks yeah. or not. They do. I really, have them. Yeah, really, they come with the soundtracks. I mean, you guys. That's why they're forty five bucks. If. if you guys fill the need for the for us collectors, but also us music fans of the films. I mean, I love Fabio Frizi stuff. We were talking to, uh, I think it was Maddie Way we were talking to about the uh, um, soundtracks to these movies. Because he said he was listening to this kind of stuff. Like, he likes the synth stuff. Well, he, well, he got surprised when Italian I was telling him that I'm a fan of it. He's yeah. like, oh, you're you're into that stuff. And oh, I was yeah, like, well, we like, both into it. He was like, you guys are death metal, you know, I didn't think, I wasn't sure if you were into the music or whatever. I was like, yeah, that's... That's the horror in We were talking about John Carpenter originally and the synth stuff. And that's the best person to go to as far as I'm concerned in that stuff. It's like, that's a good conversation piece and and so forth. But what I was going to tell you, just real quick to go back to the Grindhouse stuff, since this pertains with this film, that version of The Beyond, which I still can't believe you don't have, has the fucking soundtrack with it. Yeah, I need it. Oh, no, it's just... uh, How much is it right now? I think they lowered it to like twenty three bucks, which is the lowest it's ever been. It See was how like 40. click on the click on the new and used. You can probably if you find it on that Amazon warehouse deals. The doctor's it's going to get hi. The doctor's going to get me to buy it right now on the podcast. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's. I mean, it's it's fucking boss, man. That movie's the shit. I know it's boss. It's like my favorite one. I know that's it's your boy it. too. It's like, but it, the damn goddamn transfer is beautiful. But that soundtrack is awesome. It's like where where where. I can get it's it. Like, I can get it for eighteen bucks. Wow. Now, does that have the soundtrack? You need to make sure it's the three discs. That's everything, yeah. That's very good. Oh, you sit, you're looking at it used and new and stuff? No, I like doing that. If I, does I, Amazon Warehouse Deals have it? Amazon Prime, I can get it for 25 bucks solid. What I'm saying is, if that Warehouse Deals has it, I've got this through that Warehouse Deals. Warehouse Deals? Oh, the... Um, Where it says Amazon yeah. Warehouse Deals and the used stuff, like you go through the used list and it'll list them as like it says Amazon Warehouse Deals. All it is is somebody sold it to them or returned it. Yeah. 
he does always look for that too. Always look for the used product that they have on Amazon. Just make sure it's a U.S. seller because if it's somebody from Europe, you'll be waiting a goddamn month to get it. It's the three disc. And it's got the original uncensored director's cut, which I'm not sure if that's... That soundtrack, dude. I'm not sure if that's the seven Doors of Death one that I have. I don't know. That's the uncut one, too. Um, Yeah, Bonus City, original soundtrack album by Fabio Frizzi. That's my carpenter for me. He's my favorite. He's amazing. Newly remastered, and there's a limited edition glow-in-the-dark slipcover. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I don't have that. I don't feel as guilty because I have the DVD of it, so I can always watch it. That DVD looks like it was shot in my backyard. So <laughs> it does. Everything's so close up because it's like full screen. It just looks ridiculous. But yeah, I, I need it. I just don't. Maybe it's the artwork. The artwork looks like those audio books we'd have to listen to in school. like in It's one high of these. School. Yeah, but the, I don't know. Maybe that's what turned me off of buying it. I'll, you know what we're going to do? I think I was on the On the out. next podcast, I'm actually going to bring it over and just let you check it out before you buy it. I think I was holding out on a better release because they have like a, I don't know. I was like waiting for a new artwork. Same thing as, I know you don't like this film, but the same reason I, I refused to buy John Dies at the end, I actually like that movie, but the artwork is so horrible that I don't want it in my <laughs> in my house. I love the movie, but the artwork looks like it's a blockbuster movie. Here's what I didn't understand about that film, just to touch on that briefly. I was so disappointed when I saw it. Right. I was like, this is a Coscarelli film? Some of it plays out like a Coscarelli. Some of it does. Yeah, but... The campiness of it that he did on purpose. But it's based on a book that he had, you know... And the book is very quirky and just kind of... It's still weird. It's just... I don't know. It's just weird seeing a Coscarelli comedy that's kind of passes as horror but it's not um i really enjoyed it um turned a lot of friends on to it that liked it but you know it's kind of like a mind bender movie which is what phantasm is but phantasm is is way more you know visceral and uh makes you more uncomfortable and like what the fuck is going on whereas you know, John dies at the end is just kind of like a whoa, really whoa. You know? All I've got to say is that so I don't know all the Phantasm stuff being on Blu-ray and Mortician playing live shows. Things are pretty good in the world. Yeah, 2017. You know, it's going in, in the crapper, but uh, at least we got Mortician playing live before we die, and we get to see um, all the Phantasms packaged into one nice little HD box set along with it. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Did you did you ever look and see? Because I couldn't find out this information. Are they putting three and four out as individual releases? Because if they are, I don't need that box. I'm sure somebody will. Like, or, or well, they that will. that label will. You think? I thought they would because they put it before that box set came out. I saw how they were going to, but I don't know. Maybe none of that shit's even really official. Because you know what? I don't really want part four, but I want part three. I love, I love part, part three. three. That one's awesome. It is good. Lord of the Dead. Yeah, it's movie's Love awesome. It. I used to rent it on VHS when that that thing came out in ninety three. That's another one that's um mortician as fuck. If you listen to Chance Hottest Member at last track, Lord of the Dead Baby. It's a great one. Besides the second one, that's my other favorite one I really like. You know, of course I love the first one, but you know, uh two and three are probably my favorites. I don't know, you know you know it's weird. I've actually Ooh. switched. God, where part two was my favorite. God, I actually, actually, we're actually going to go for a rewind. So that was uh, some nasty 
I guess that was his liver. Oof. We're going back to 55-58, guys. So here we go. A nice stab scene here. Is he foaming at the mouth? Yeah, they're all rabid from the pies. Oof. Gross. You got some liver cake coming out of Some liver slug. It was fucking nasty. See, these guys are totally fine, but they didn't eat the meat pies. I would have to have to switch and say the first film is my favorite now. First Phantasm? It looks great now. I mean, I can yeah. quote it. I had no idea how much I knew that film, but I can actually just... Well, me and you it. both were quoting it at the theater. But it's just it's just, it's just, just so good. Actually, it goes in order. It's like one, two, three, four, yeah. five. No, you can't beat the first Phantasm. Not, for, it's not just, for me. It's it's pretty awesome. I mean, you guys already know how much we love uh, Phantasm. It's pretty obvious, but uh, if you ever get a chance to watch the remaster, go... To fucking Walmart, pick that shit up wherever. It, I don't know why it's not selling. House. I don't know. It's you would think at this. Everybody's point, like, I'm just gonna wait for it to get on Netflix. It's like, well, it wouldn't look as good on Netflix. No, you have to pay for HD for Netflix, and then there's no guarantee that it's gonna stay on Netflix. Netflix, you have to pay an extra like two dollars to get HD quality. You do, don't you? Yeah, they they changed it. You can get a cheaper package that's like five bucks and. It's, it's standard. Which it's package not HD. Have? Standard one. Ten. Because it's not mine. Is it ten bucks? Miss Gorechrist uses it. So, is it but 10? It, it still looks like HD. So I don't know. No, it's cheap. The ten ninety nine one is the is the HD one. The seven ninety nine one's the regular. Which is great, you know. Anyway, you can get the cheaper packages. That's fine with me, you know. Um, I don't watch Netflix enough. Uh, I use it. I use it when I sleep. But um, usually the stuff I watch is old anyway and probably isn't even HD anyway. So it's No, like it's not. Watch older TV shows. For example, you know, I was watching MacGyver on there the other night and it looked like shit. And, and I was <laughs> like, I, but I don't think there's a release of that where it actually looks good. It just, those, that show just was shot on, you know, videotape and it just looks like shit. The doctor was actually watching MacGruber. But, uh, thought it was MacGyver, it was MacGruber. You told me about that movie and I actually didn't think it was funny. You didn't like it? No. I laughed through that whole fucking movie. I just didn't think of it. I don't know what it was. So I just wasn't... It wasn't doing anything for me. I tried watching I was like, this movie's actually so stupid. I don't mean... No, I mean, I, I loved it. <laughs> there are some... The parts that were funny to me were, like, hysterical. But for the most part, I was just kind of like, I don't know why... You didn't think it was funny when he was fucking that ghost? You didn't think... That was kind of funny. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that was the scene I laughed at the hardest. I don't remember. I think it's funny. There was... He's like, I'm about to shoot, shoot, shoot. (laughs) I think it's funny. It was more your thing, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was fucking awesome. Maybe I was... I love where he was sitting there talking. It's supposed to be like a dramatic part of the film. He's like, when we first met, she was the first girl I let eat out my butthole. Yeah. And I, I'm think, just I think if me and you watched it, I would laugh my balls up. But I watched it by myself. I don't really it's... think comedies by myself are funny anyway. So maybe that's what it was. It's, I don't know. It's, okay, I'll tell you a funny story about that movie. I saw it with Tim at the theater when it came out. And Tim was like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm like, I'm buying it. <laughs> that's, that's Doctor in a Nutshell right there. <laughs> I did. I was that's just the like, worst film I ever made. I'm well, buying it. Because I love it. <laughs> I can't help certain things I like. you got to find know. the positives and the negatives. It wasn't like that where I'm like, this is the worst movie. Because it's obviously supposed to be stupid. You can't say that. You know, it's the worst movie. But I don't know. I just didn't think it was as funny as I anticipated it to be. Ew, you got some like, was that her cheek or was that like her 
Her cooch. I don't know. This movie's really strange. Where did they shoot this? Sharon Springs, New York. Which I lived about five, ten minutes from here. So the whole thing was shot there? Yeah. You mentioned that, but I didn't know they shot the whole damn movie there. It's crazy. I'm inclined to believe he has rabies. And he looks like a George Romero. It's kind of funny. Without the glasses. Ugh. He looks like Stan Lee more than George Romero, but he kind of still he looks, looks like, like Yeah, he does look like Stan Lee. You got Mr. Skinless here. We got a... Right in one hour, about one hour, 27 seconds, you got some... Some nip there. It's not a, you know... Got side boob with nip. That's a good one. Uh, he's... I don't know if he's turning rabbit or she is. I don't know. Her face is not... Not cool. She looks like Dana Carvey. I don't know what's happening. Ugh. Some more Mr. Skinless, but it's really gross. I don't even want to... This movie's... Well, what's going on with her? Oh, it's just like 70s... Slopey granny boob. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. Th- I, I was asking why she's acting like she's... Turning into a werewolf. She's turning rabbit is what's happening. I'm going to cool her ass. He was trying to I was mentioning something. when you walked, you were doing something earlier, I was saying that this film was like Helter Skelter or something. It's like a fucking it Manson is. cult. It's exactly what it is. It's inspired by the Manson cult. Apparently something involving rabies happened with the Manson cult that inspired this film, so... You know what I always thought was funny, and I want to talk about this a second. I always thought this was really strange. So, I hate Nine Inch Nails. I hate Trent Reznor. I think he's a fruit. I think he's a gothic fruit. Vincent, it's an N. And he, right. But he thought <laughs> he was. He actually, thought he, actually he thought he end. was cool to go record that downward spiral record in the, I believe, the Sharon Tate house. It's like. You're not cool. You're just a fucking idiot with too much money. Did she die in the house? I don't know. I don't know the whole story with that, but I just know that he thought he was really cool by going and doing that. Because that'd be just kind of dumb. There's like the Cujo dog there. It's like, oh, are you are you saying you're Charles Manson, Trent? You fucking nerd from Ohio that <laughs> that's a geek with a keyboard? Yeah. The only thing... Your music's a terrible lie. <laughs> and that's what I think about you, but... There's a prog band that I listen to, and I was discussing my friend Jens that I've mentioned on here, Corey and I know on here a couple times, making fun of him. But another dumb thing he did the other day, he wouldn't listen to this prog band, but he'll listen to that crap. And I, I, I don't understand. Yeah, it's like Slipknot recorded their third album, which is a complete uh, horse manure. They recorded that in Harry Houdini's house. Really? Yeah. Like his mansion or whatever. Sorry, it's not a house. It's totally. A I did not know that. That's weird. It is weird. That that song that. Album's horrible. I mean, you know, Slipknot's horrible anyway. But that, I, 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 I don't know. know that I don't know what recording in someone's house that's famous has to do with anything. It's like they do it just to, but but you know, I don't know. Is it supposed to scare me or something? They're like we we just got influence from going into his house and it channeled some things. It's like, come on, man, give me a break. I don't know a lot about Houdini. I mean, he's a magician. That's just weird. Yeah, I don't know. He was in... Uh, At least it's cooler than being like, yeah. He was I'm, in I'm Terror a... Train. There's a horror link there. Harry Houdini. He is? Uh-huh. Yeah, he is. Or is it David Copperfield? No, it's David Copperfield. It was David Copperfield. Yeah, it's Copperfield. Whatever. One He's of a fruit. Here we go. Well, in Lowry's... Of course, the only, you know, person after this movie that still had a career, so... Um, well, she's very attractive in this what movie. Are, what all has she been in? She's been in The Crazies. She was in Shivers. 
That's where I know her from. Yeah. I just watched that. Yeah, but she just... Ooh. Is she Canadian? I think so. That would explain why Cronenberg used her like a thousand fucking times. And she will be at Days of the Dead Atlanta, which I'll be attending. Are you going to meet her? Yeah. Hell yeah. Never had the opportunity to, and I'm going to. I think she... Is Sign she, that right there. I think she... Yeah. I never signed I Drink Your Blood. She'll probably think that one's weird. Right? This probably isn't one of the films that people give her credit for. Because um, she's not really... She doesn't really have a big role in it, but, I mean, fuck, she's in it. She's got a memorable face. I might get a fucking print from her. I'll show her some love. She's one of those... I don't think people give her enough love. She's been in some great horror movies. She's one of those, like, definitely a... I don't recognize this part, um... But I, I know where Sharon Springs is. I can take you right to it if we went up there. But, it's interesting. Um, I don't know anything about it. It's crazy that they filmed it there. It's just a weird place to film a movie. But I feel like... I don't know if David Durston's from New York or... Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I don't know enough about any of that. I don't think know if he's doing that. I know a few of these actors. Doing that. Maybe he is. Maybe he is doing that. I know a few of these actors are from New York. Oh, they are? Yeah. Interesting. It doesn't really say. I don't really know anything about I wish about. it would say where this was, this park or whatever. It's really cool. I don't really know anything about David Durston. He's from California, so film likes to make up words. Like blood filming. That sounds pretty cool, but... I press the space button, it's like, blood filming. <laughs> but anyway, you know, just... Um, in, in Plays a deaf mute character in the film. Ooh. And Durston met her and was so impressed by her appearance that he decided to make her a role in the film. Because her face is very memorable. Actually, just to... Because I'm not going to say anything else, but I want to do... The Village of Sharon Springs. Okay. After it was deserted, many of the locations for the film, including the old hotel, were set to be demolished, but were kept standing long enough for the film production. So all this is not there anymore, but... uh of course, it's 1970. I mean, since I lived there, Sharon Springs had people living there, and there was, you know, some hotels and stuff. But you can actually, now that I'm watching this, you can tell it's upstate New York. I mean, it's, it looks beautiful. And, uh, you know, the old farm stuff, it's makes sense. There's like a fucking Apache running around killing people because he's rabid. Um, we'll see. David Durson said it was originally giving an, given an X rating. The theaters threatened to pull the film entirely. The distribution company then granted the theater permission to edit the film themselves as long as they would still attempt to show it. As a result, there were hundreds of different versions of the film due to the individual theaters editing their own. And that chicken that got killed in the beginning was real. But there were no other animals harmed in the making of the film. It's just the one. But that's still part of the obvious uh, X rating for the film. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's really not much about this film that's, you know... Uh, this says here the the ugly face, you know, like the, the poster art for I Drink Your Blood. Um, that was originally part of the poster art for the monster film It that had Ronnie McDowell in it from 1967 so that's weird don't know why that's I don't know some interesting things about this film but there's also not a lot about this film 
You know, there's rabid construction workers and shit. This movie's really weird. Is that goat really dead? No, apparently not. It looked like it to me, but... I guess in the 70s, for a lot of these films, they would just, like, kill animals. They didn't give a fuck. That's weird. Well, I don't think they had any organizations to stand against them. They just kind of did what they wanted. And there goes that guy's head, so... Ooh. That's awesome. This is some crazy shit going on. I don't even know where all these other people came from. I guess because they... There's more pies that had rabies. They just got rabies anyway. This movie's nuts. And these guys are rabies-infested fighting each other. He's got a fucking rapier sword. Like a goddamn Shakespeare sword here. He's about to finish him off. There goes Rolo. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Through the mouth. Out the spine. In the spine, out the mouth. It's perfect. And who knew? The little boy set this whole thing up. It's like Home Alone. Look at that head. Hippies. That severed head. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And now everybody in the town is fucking rabies, so they're just... The kid fucked up big time. That one guy, that's pretty scary. You got construction workers with rabies and machetes. Like, there's not... Couldn't paint a worse picture here. But yeah, this... This movie goes pretty fu- it goes from zero to a hundred pretty goddamn quick at the end here so uh <laughs> she's got the double you need a triple barrel shotgun if you want to really do some damage get the old Reggie shotgun that song stuck in my head not not put them to death right. Hellraiser by Motorhead stuck in my head yeah <laughs> and for our future guests we gotta <laughs> Nice Hellraiser thing. Oh. The kills in this are great. I can't get over the picture quality on this. Yeah, for 1970, it's it's like night and day on this print. It was just so weird. It is weird. It's not a bad thing, though. I've enjoyed it. What I've watched it, I've just been playing on the phone and trying to... Now to the... Not of the podcast, it'll just be like... Cosplay attention, people suck. They had burger eaters, but we'll go to... I drink your blood, the print, you know, whatever you think of it. You've never seen it Very nice print. Uh, the flow of the film felt like a 70s Bond film to me. It was weird, yeah. I, I don't never know really why. looked at it that way before. I don't know anything about this movie. I don't know what I thought about it. I kind of dug it. I don't know. Yeah? I, I don't have anything against it. I actually thought it was kind of cool. Definitely one of the better ones we've done. And I know I didn't watch all because I was playing on my phone, but <laughs> I've got to do that to talk to people about stuff that's coming out. So right. I spent too much time on the damn list, but I don't have anything bad to say about it. I thought it was cool. This is one of those films where I would love to, um, I would love to watch like all of the features on this, including the two uh, movies from on the second disc that have never been either one had never been in HD or never even been on home release. So. Um, and I'm sure the doctor would appreciate it that I went and scanned this thing left and right till I was sick. Sure, I mean if you were um, if you're a fan of it. Well, I think we should also just mention real quick. I mean, I'm doing a movie. I didn't want to, you know, talk about this on here, but I'm doing a movie called "I Drink Your Cosplay Blood." <laughs> that's that's coming, what he was. That's hyping. coming out in 2019. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Like there was this ass wipe dressed up. Here's you one. <laughs> 
This is, I want to. I want to. I'll shut up. With he was this. dressed up like Charmin Ultra. <laughs> no, it would have been cooler. Like than I can wipe myself now. This guy was dressed up. I want y'all to hear this fucking bullshit. This guy was dressed up. Oh, that like Marty I, McFly. I'm like really. Oh, I'm like really. I have an air freshener. Like it's one of those spritzer ones, and it smells like fucking chapstick. It's awful. Whatever that. F- but I wanted to clothesline him because I mean mm-hmm. the funny thing about this guy is it's like clothesline him back in time. I want well no I wanted to just walk up. I want to go like, back in time and abort you. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, well, no. The thing with this guy was, what, what, what I walked up to him, I'm like, I'm like, I don't remember a plus size Marty, because this guy was like fucking six hundred pounds. Marty McDonald's. <laughs> Marty McDouble. <laughs> no, it was the it, it it he looked like fucking no, it was Marty McGrimace. He looked like <laughs> that's what he looked like, and I'm like, what the fuck, man. I'm like, dude, it's Marty McHamburglar. But I mean, it's like when you when you can put cosplay posters on both cheeks, it's like you probably shouldn't be dressed as a a skinny '80s kid no, from Canada. It, it, it's it, fucking stupid. He it was, was just like, what are you doing? He was Marty McDeadpool. <laughs> Marty McNugget. I don't know. But I mean, I don't. And again, I I haven't been to as many horror conventions as you have. So maybe it's I go to more of the regular ones. I know boo, Doctor West, whatever. And it, but it's true, and I'm trying to do both on more and get my weird stigmatism around being around people out of myself. But I think this is good that I'm talking about this before we end this because it's like you've been to more horror stuff. Maybe it's not as frequent there. I do see it at the comic ones though. It's bad. At the uh, horror the comic ones, book ones, it's bad. The man. horror ones, it's bad. they don't cosplay too much. You only really see the ones that are in the because they do you know costume contests of those. I'm, so not, I'm not talking about that. I know. As long as they didn't wear it all fucking day, that would still bother me. Some of them wear it all day. Uh, but. I'm fucking He's like, no, you're a fucking midget in a hockey game. I don't mask. know how people get their pictures with people and they're like, you know, here's me as a Morton Joe and I'm here with Evil Ed from Fright Night. It's like, that makes no fucking sense. It's two different movies, two different. Time periods to you know whatever. So is it as so, bad at the horror conventions no. as it is at the comic mm-hmm. ones? It seems like at the comic cons, they're like everybody needs to dress up. Like they feel like they have to. They're like, I'm wearing my Deadpool people, shirt that looks like the costume. Here's another it's thing. Like, too. Look, it's like, look, don't do it at a concert. It's fucking annoying. Where they dress up like a giant dinosaur. Unless you're a ki- unless you're a Kiss, you can't dress up as that. And when Kiss is dead, that's it. Or Insane Clown Posse, you can have that one, too. Well, look, guys, if you want to dress up like Matt Harvey, then you're more than welcome to. They sell masks on Relapse. Uh, they do? Web store. No. <laughs> well, that was silly. really creepy. Anyway, we do have... And I went on to a tangent. And they got, they got Ross... You have to edit this for, like, fucking got, two hours. Uh, they got Ross sewage wigs on Relapse <laughs> web store. <laughs> and Matt Harvey's uh, sticker, stick-on sideburns on the, on the Relapse well, web store. <laughs> Matt was a. It was a pleasure to have him on. Uh, no, it was great. I'm. So, he. I can't believe he did it. Sorry, we, you just dress up as the the scream bloody gore skeleton or uh, the 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 guy from Leprosy. You can just start dressing you know, up no, I every actually, death. I actually show. probably would get my picture with I that because that's actually pretty awesome. I want to give a shout out to Ross for putting in a good word for us. Yeah, thank uh, you, man. You had a good time with us. We we'd love to have you again, and we love to have Matt on again. It was a lot of fun because we. You know, did, like we, we did New York Ripper anymore. with Ross, and uh, that was a lot of fun. So hopefully Matt will come back on, and we'll do a uh, 
a full, you know, like a movie with him. That'd be cool. So if not, well, you know, Ross, maybe both of you guys, whatever you want to do. Uh, that, it was Somebody a lot of fun. Back on, yeah. Now bring you <laughs> the Matt interview after this <laughs> crazy I Drink Your Cosplay Blood episode. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the interview. If you don't have Dimensions of Horror by Gruesome, definitely I'll pick that shit up as well. And uh, you can pick up I Drink Your Cum, which is the, the gay version. <laughs> Or you can pick up my movie with the women that are attractive in cosplay outfits. If you can get rid of your boyfriend, it's called I Eat Your Butt. (laughs) And there's also uh, the other Dr. West special coming out next year. It's called uh, I Drink Your Balls. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I'm not going to do that one. I have a stunt double for that pretending to be me. It's uh, <laughs> my, my gay cousin. By the way, just real quick, because I want to say this before. Sorry, before Matt. We get, we'll get we'll get to you. We're later. getting there, but well, this is important. We're just I having fun. Say, now. I need to say this, and you can edit some of this. But but Jens, if you ever see him somewhere, he'll be with us. He's the tall guy that's with us uh, at a convention or whatever. Feel free to call him wheelchair fucker. <laughs> He's in a band called Wheelchair Fucked, and that's. Pretty brutal. He's in two bands. It's wheelchair fucker and, and plus size throat fucker. <laughs> hey, I gotta look something up really fast because it. I know what it is, but it has to go with this joke. <laughs> he has to do it. I mean, Jens. Jens is. Uh, he's a special guy, but I, I tell you, if you've got a sibling, a sister, a wife, anyone that's handicapped, he will fuck them. <laughs> His favorite Dick Kennedy's album is Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. <laughs> I'm sorry. Or Frankenchair. That's not... <laughs> but he, uh, he's from up north as well, like the two of us. But he's... Uh... I'm about the Gore Christ same work as Jesus Wheel Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he sort of is Wheel Christ because he gets us to all the shows. <laughs> Oh my god. He's Will Cross Seeker. <laughs> He's no listen to this. Wheel this is funny. He's Jenny Money. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. Well we love you, Jens, but I will <laughs> we'll get to Matt Harvey. Uh, <laughs> Well, so the madness will further ensue while you guys listen to this. So uh, enjoy the episode. Uh, check out Gruesome if you haven't yet. And if you haven't checked out Exhum yet and you listen to this, then just go listen to Exhum first. Pause the episode. Go go, yeah, do, your, go do your civic duty as a death metal fan and go get educated on all that shit too as well. Specifically gore metal. and uh, Gore metal's great. Love that fucking record. So Anatomy's Destiny is definitely all right. It is great. And uh, yeah. Now you now have Matt Harvey. Stay fucking gory, guys.
I'm Corey Gorechrist here, the Dr. Vincent West, and we are here with none other than Matt Harvey of Exhumed and Gruesome. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. I'm finally getting a chance to relax this weekend. <laughs> now that it's right. almost over, so yeah, it's, it's going good. All right, and uh, it's, it's great to have you on. Huge fans. We had uh, Ross was one of our first guests, so it's nice to have uh, the the centerfold of the band here with us today. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Ross said he had a good time talking to you guys. He was he was stoked when I when I told him about this. So awesome. And he's one of two that we did an actual uh, movie episode with. He watched New York Ripper. We had a good time with it, so that was fun. And uh, <laughs> oh, nice. And he told us uh, you had a pretty fun time in Mexico. He was saying all kinds of stuff about that experience. <laughs> that was definitely an experience, yeah. Um, we uh, we went down just to do a, a festival in Guadalajara with, with uh, Priest was headlining and Overkill was there, Death Angel and oh, some killer. other bands. We were one of the like few like kind of more extreme bands on the bill. I mean, Carcass was there and uh, Wehrmacht was there. but Nice. Anyway, so we, we went down and I brought a, you know, a bullet belt to wear on stage as one does. And uh, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really look into the local regulations. And sure. I got to the airport and they had a lot of problems with it, um, which I'd experienced stuff like that before. Or first, uh, I didn't really think much of it. I was just like, well, whatever. If you have to confiscate it, I'll just buy another one. That sucks, but it's 60 bucks. I'll just buy another belt. Right. Uh, anyway, it kept going on, on. I didn't speak for a translator there, so I got a translator and told me that they had to take me to the police station because the caliber of bullets that the fake bullet belt was a replica of or whatever right. um, is it's illegal for anyone to have those caliber bullets in Mexico that's not in the army. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but, but they're fake. You know, I'm trying to yeah. explain. Uh, you know, in, in my Spanish. Es no verdad. Es replicado. I don't even know if replicado was Spanish. <laughs> got further than I did. I, I mean, I can, like, you know, <laughs> I can tell people, like, hi, how are you? Where's the bathroom? You know, like, that kind of... That's an essential thing. I'm really thing. good at ordering food in Spanish. <laughs> you know, beyond that, I quickly realized the limitations of my capacity. So we went to the police station, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> Yeah. And you know this is like three or four hours into it, and and they're like, well, here's the deal: like, you have to spend, the money and you know you'll but you'll get out at like nine a.m. And I was like, fuck, okay, all right. And you know at that point, I, I my main worry was that you know there's a I just didn't know who I was going to be in the hotel. You know what I mean? I, I, I wasn't you know terribly worried about my sentence or that I had done something horrible and was going to be stuck there for years or whatever but I was just like who are they going to you know who am I going to be in there with but that, that could be right. dangerous um, luckily it was just like a couple of drunks like dudes that obviously would be like you know uh, I don't know they seem like nice guys so. right and um, the, the people from the festival they were really cool that they, they had people coming down you know back and forth and bringing me food and, and you know that's awesome so I was as comfortable as, as possible you know um, but I didn't end up actually getting out until about 5 p.m. the next day, which oh, was fuck. after the band played. <laughs> mm, that's an, oh <laughs> and, man, yeah. So that that was that, that was kind of a drag. But I mean, luckily, you know, they, they the the guys were able to play as a three piece and kind of 
did the best they could and obviously Exhum just had a lot of lineups you know throughout the years but this for sure Exhum designed without me so that was interesting yeah <laughs> uh, they pulled it off though I guess yeah yeah they, they got through it and uh, yeah I was I, you know the weird thing is they didn't find me they, they basically said that it was not going to affect my ability to re-enter the country at any time and I was like well if you didn't find me and it's not really like a crime like why did this take you know basically you know 22 hours of my life like why why did we do it right this? and you missed the whole reason you came you know so. right I was like you could have just thrown the bullet belt in the trash and then I we could have all gotten on with our day and then it would have been over you know what I mean like it just was or you can put it on and wear it yourself whatever you want to do with it you know yeah you're right <laughs> just you know let, let me out of here man right. and you know but it was just it was it, it was, a, you know, it was quite stressful the, the, the next day is when I started getting stressed because, you know, my phone was, you know, all my belongings were confiscated. I just was in there, like, jeans and a T-shirt or whatever, so right. I didn't have a clock, but, I mean, I knew it was light, and I was like, it's got to be past nine now, you know, like, shit. Right. And it just kept getting later and later and later, and, you know, they brought me up and down a couple times to my fingerprints, to my pictures, and sent me back into the holding cell, Jesus and of course Christ. I can't understand anybody particularly well, and nobody really cares to, you know, but part of, again, the delay was that they had to get another interpreter to come, and he had to come quite a ways away. It's actually pretty scary, you know. What's that? In some ways, that's got to have been scary for you, like, I didn't know what was really it, going on, you know. It was a little scary. Like once, once it got past about noon, I started getting worried because you know my goals kept sort of shrinking. Yeah. At first, I was like, "Well, if I, well, if I'm out at nine, I can go to the hotel. I can take like a two or three hour nap and shower, change my strings, and do the show, and it's no problem." Then right. I was like, "Well, you know, maybe I can get to the hotel and change my strings and do the show." Then I was like, "Maybe I can get to the show in time for the show." And then it was <laughs> that, but even that looked like it might be difficult. I thought. Well, what if I'm stuck here again? Like now, the, you know, what, what if I'm here on Sunday? What if I miss my flight? Then what's my next? Yeah, that's kind of yeah. It's horrifying. That is yeah, scary. It, wasn't, it was it was it was tense. It didn't get the horrifying, but it definitely right. got tense. And I was like, do I call my mom? Like, do I call right. the American consulate? Like, you know. And but like I said, there was every time that I was taken upstairs, somebody in the festival was there trying to help and trying to expedite things, and they that makes things were total lifesavers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They went and like you know they went and brought me like Coca Cola and tacos and stuff. And <laughs> that, that was like really awesome. You know, it yeah. was cool too because I got to because I had more food than the other guys in a cell. I was able to be like, here, you want like we can split this, you know, yeah, bar cool. or whatever. And so then they all thought I was you know. Not an asshole, in the way. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is he getting all the food? You know, not bad. Well, uh, I'm glad you you made it back in one piece. You got to still do your thing, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, it sucks because I really love Mexico, but it's like the last time I went, that happened, and the, and the time before that, I got really bad food poisoning, oh, which God, caused man. the entire band to miss their flight. And it's just like, man, I love Mexico, but, you know, every time I go there, something shitty happens. So I'm, I'm really hoping the next time we go, it'll just be a normal, fun, positive experience. The third time's a charm. All the way around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's got to exactly. be it. It's got to be it. <laughs> well, I'm not uh, giving up. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't mind, uh, you do a brief history of the band. I know we kind of went through it a little bit with Ross. We talked a lot about it, uh, Impaled with Ross, so we'll go more into you, uh, the brainchild, for... Uh, Exhumed, if you would. Sure, sure. Um, 
I mean, do you want me just to start from the beginning? Or, Please. I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> if sure, you if you don't care. <laughs> um, I mean, basically, like, you know, like most metal kids, you know, we were we were in high school, and we had, like, a very sort of small, like, close-knit group of friends, you know, um, and... Yeah, you know, I just, I've been playing guitar for a couple of years, I guess I started in like 88, maybe, I guess, yeah, either early 88 or something in there. Right. And, um, you know, so we were just kind of, you know, learning how to play riffs and, you know, gradually progressing from like Celtic Frost and like Kill Em All into, you know, Death and, and some of that stuff. Of course. And um, we had a... Basically, it was kind of like our original drummer, Cole. He was just, you know, one of our friends. And we had, you know, two, me and another, another guy named Rocky played guitar. And then we had a, a, a buddy named Peter that played bass. Right. And so it was like, then our friend Steve was supposed to, like, be our singer or something. I don't really know. He was just kind of there. But <laughs> it was kind of like Cole didn't have you know a, a role so like well you need to like learn how to play drums and he's like I don't know anything about drums <laughs> I mean like he's never been interested in drums before in his life and um he he and I ended up we went to the same middle school we went to two different high schools and there was a at his high school he met uh Jake Giardina who became our first vocalist and he knew this kid uh named Rob Molinari that was selling his drum kit and so Cole bought his drum kit, which was horrible. <laughs> and we just kind of, you know, tried to, like, start, you know, learning, like, how to write a song and, and, and that kind of thing. And um, by, like, October of 1990, that was a big day for us because that was when the, the Death, Pestilence, and Carcass tour came. Oh, man. And Cole and I were trying to, like, play you know like grindcore like we would after after you know the real band practice or whatever and Peter and Rocky would leave then me and Cole and Jake would try to like play all you know our like kind of like old napalm early carcass kind of stuff sure. um, and because the other guys didn't really want to do that they, they thought it was too I don't know just too noisy or whatever and they wanted to kind of stay in like the whole like creator-ish maybe death kind of realm and that was about as extreme as they wanted to do sure yeah. and um so after that show we, we were riding back with our friend Mark Smith that ended up doing some vocals for us a few years later and he was driving the car I mean I, I, I mean that, this was like right before my 15th birthday so I you know it was a long way from being able to yeah. drive yet and um then we you know we kind of that sort of clinched that we wanted to do something faster and heavier because you know we thought that both carcass and pestilence were a lot more intense than death and we wanted to you know be you know as extreme as we could or whatever sure and so peter and rocky left and then we met a kid named daryl that went to the high school down the street from us and he played with a couple of guys that were pretty good players, but they were like really like uh, they, they were into this like really serious like kind of morbid angel deicide like worship the devil kind of. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're all like fifteen to, to eighteen, so I mean, take it everything with you know as seriously as we thought all this was. You know, it wasn't really that serious, but they were they were like you know kind of like trying to be like dark or whatever, and we sure. were not like that at all. Um, <laughs> you know. I think by this time I was, you know, I had a job in a comic book store and was like an avid comic book collector. Nice. We were already 
we were already friends with Ross, and and we were playing like tabletop role playing games, and hanging out <laughs> on Saturday nights. You know, awesome. Rolling di- rolling dice and drinking soda and like being nerds, not thinking like, oh, we're into the devil, and we're gonna get a knife, like you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> So Daryl had a really he had a really funny sense of humor. Like he was really into like you know the Muppets and shit like that. <laughs> so we, we got along with him a lot better, and he ended up joining Exhumed and leaving that band. Even though those guys were probably a little bit musically ahead of us, you know. Right. Um, so so that was kind of like the first core lineup of Exhumed, and, and then we we found a guy through. I, I think we just put like a flyer up. A, Guitar Center, or I, I can't remember. Oh, wow. You know, with the little pull tabs with your number, and we just had a list of like, this is what we're into, and you know, we listed every single band that we could possibly think of because we wanted to get somebody that was, you know, we, we kept meeting people that were like, you know, uh, people that were age appropriate, were only into like Slayer or whatever, and they weren't really hip to the sort of more underground stuff that we were sure. into. You know, they didn't know about the Mortician demo or whatever. Fuck yeah. Uh, so that was that was kind of you know then we met Ben who became our first bass player that way and, and he uh, he was with us for about uh, I guess a little over a year and we did the, the first demo and the first 7 inch and then a guy the guy that put out our 7 inch wanted us to do an album of course we had no idea like what recording an album really entailed we thought we'd just go back to the same studio where we did our demo and recorded in two days right <laughs> so it was horrible and we never ended up he ended up not being able to do it which was really a blessing you know for us because we just were so you know we, we really needed like a producer you know we needed somebody in there to kind of explain like hey you know this is how you need to actually be doing this it was fine for making a demo or whatever right and then um you know after doing that until like the end of high school which was 93 when I graduated the death metal scene it was changing a lot or the metal scene was changing a lot you know it was shifting more towards black metal and in the Bay Area where, where I grew up we had sort of like three main clubs that were all owned by the same guy right and that's where all the you know death metal bands played all thrash metal you know you know aside from obviously like Exodus at the time was playing like theaters but you know violence from Forbidden and uh, you know Heathen and Laz Rocket and they ruled all those clubs and that's where you know Morbid Angel would come on tour and, and so on and so forth right and so because they were all owned by the same guy right towards the end of when I was in high school uh, I don't remember exactly what happened but they, he went out of business um, like his whole company went tits up and <laughs> all three venues closed like Damn. you know within a month of each other so, you know, once that happened, you know, Jake kind of lost interest in, in playing because we went from having a, a really steady source of, you know, playing a gig every month and getting to open for, you know, some of our favorite bands, you know. I mean, I was, by the time I was 17, we'd already played with like Morbid Angel, Suffocation, uh, Masters, Sadist, Autopsy, Cannibal Corpse, Jesus. Gorguts, blah, blah, Ooh. blah. That's you know, amazing. We were like the go-to, yeah, yeah. We, we were like the go-to local opening band. Nice. And so once that whole avenue of, of having a place to play, and we, we didn't need to play anywhere else. We never played anywhere else. We didn't play basements or squats or parties or whatever. We right. didn't play anywhere else. And so we were kind of at, a, at, our, at our wit's end. We're like, well, what do we do now? So we kind of regrouped and, you know, started trying to, really we spent a couple of years just kind of like figuring out what 
our sort of sound was and how we wanted to like you know fit into the the scene as it was at that point you know and that's when ross came into the picture and, and a guy named matt widener who right. um also went on to play in Creighton and he did the county medical examiners and he did a record uh with a project called libertier anyway so he was much more musically advanced than all of us like when he came in the band he really got on uh especially cole and i to really improve our playing and and because i think none of us really liked the the more like whatever you want to call brutal death metal you know like the post-suffocation post-tumor-mutilated death metal that was going on right and we weren't you know, we liked black metal at the time. I mean, I none of it has really like stuck with me, but at the time I was into it, kind of thing. Right. But right. Because of, because of that, we started. We, we and we liked it, but we weren't as into it as we were into death metal. But so we just kind of felt like we were these like ravenous music fans, and nobody <laughs> was really making the kind of music that we wanted to hear. Right. And so we started kind of like getting back into the the '80s stuff that you know we'd grown up with, you know, your Solid Frost and your Venom and sure. Bathory and and Exodus and Exciter and all that kind of thing, you know. And so it's good stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, hold on a second. Are you gonna take the longer? Okay. Cool. All right, babe. So we kind of stumbled upon this stuff that nobody was really listening to, you know, around '94, '95. Like, nobody was into like destruction or whatever that at right, that time yeah. and we kind of sort of gradually began to assimilate that kind of stuff into what we were already doing which is a more like terrorizer repulsion you know carcass entombed yeah, influenced stuff, stuff. And, and that was kind of I think the beginning of us really striving to get our own identity you know before that right. we were just basically like a high school band that <laughs> you know I, we, you know I, I like some of those riffs and I, I still use some of those riffs to this day awesome <laughs> but hey, you gotta you start know, somewhere you know. kind of, yeah absolutely you know but th- that's when I think Exhumed kind of became Exhumed like okay we're like influenced by all this earache stuff and uh, you know all this traditional death metal I guess at this point but also you know Show No Mercy and, and Infernal Overkill and Bonded by Blood and and also, you know, DRI and, and The Accused and The Chromags and oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, you know, then once once we kind of had that direction and then we kind of, Ross is a very, um, he's a very resourceful guy and he was like, well, there's no place to play so we're just going to like find a place to like start playing. So we just started playing these shows in the basement of the library in Cupertino. Wow. And we started kind of, um, you know, building a little scene there with some local kids like Bud's old band, right. Pale Existence, and there was a few other kind of like younger bands, you know. And um, and we also started kind of getting involved with the, the power violence scene that was happening in like uh, in Berkeley, you know, and because it was the only thing that was really as extreme as what we were doing, even though it was coming from like a completely punk standpoint or whatever. Sure. We were always going to share <coughs> you know, Spaz and Dystopia and Man of Bastard and, you know, you'd go into the early Fiesta Grandes and stuff like that. So that that really made a big impression on us. And we kind of, we found some people that actually really liked our band. Most of the, most of the musicians in that scene actually liked Exhumed and liked what we were doing. A lot of the fans oh, in yeah. that scene, maybe not so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, uh, They're very specific the fans in that yeah, kind of scene, yeah. you know. 
we used to get a lot of shit. You know, we just, <laughs> we'd go to a, a gig in like December, and you know, it's cold, so you have like a leather jacket. And, right. You know, you would get a ten minute lecture on you know animal rights or whatever when you're just <laughs> standing there trying to like watch a grindcore band. You're like, dude, I just missed the whole set because I was hearing about you know chicken farming or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like you want to go so grab once, some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, once we kind of kind of got into that groove, um, we, we felt that we had a pretty good dynamic because Ross was handling more of the sort of, like, booking and, and the mail and, and all that kind of shit. Because, I mean, it's still, you know, the mid-'90s, that was still quite important. Yeah. And, you know, once we got in touch with the Hemdale guys, you know, via trading their demos, um, Craig Rowe, the drummer for Hemdale, wanted to do a split album with us. And at the time, I mean... You know, this is 20 years ago now. They're yeah, 21 years ago, I guess. Right. Um, he had a really growing, huge, like thriving distro, um, and he was in Ohio, and that's kind of where, you know, in the late or in the mid 90s, rather, that's one of the places where death metal was still very much alive. Was the greater Cleveland metro area? They, right. You know, uh, sodomized and uh, embalmer who was just getting signed to relapse at the time and you know there was actually like things happening so he got in touch with us and he had this big growing distro he did he did the first nile ap which was a huge underground release at that time and one of the many times that incantation got off relapse they ended up signing with him and awesome anyway so he put out the hemdale exhumed split which you know was a big jump forward just in terms of people like you know kind of knowing who we were, you know. Oh, um, of course. And uh, so because, you know, in much the way like Facebook did with Instagram or whatever at the time, the the visceral records thing that Craig from Hemdale was doing was getting so big, Relapse just bought it. Because <laughs> <laughs> Craig was really getting into web development, and this is like 95, 96. Right. And so that was like a brand new thing. And, you know, I think he was kind of realizing that, you know, he would be better served you know, in terms of making a secure life for himself going in that direction. Yeah, so he well, no. took a huge buyout from Relapse. Relapse got Nile, Incantation, and us, and Hamdale as part of that deal. Um, and luckily, you know, they had options, basically. And it was really ironic because Incantation had fought quite hard to get off Relapse and then get onto Visceral, and then Relapse bought Visceral, so they were right back. <laughs> So crazy. It's pretty ironic. Um, but, you know, basically Relapse, there was a couple things that Craig was going to do that they ended up not taking the option on. And we were very fortunate um, because there was a guy at Relapse named Tom Haley who was uh, roommates with Matt Jacobson, the owner of the label. And Tom had gotten our horrific Expulsion of Gore demo and had spun the Hemdale split stuff like every week on his radio show in North Carolina before he moved up to join Relapse. And the first Milwaukee Metal Fest I went to uh, in 97 to see Venom. Um, he was working at the relapse table or whatever, and I had a Dark Angel pin, and he's like, hey, that's a cool pin. Uh, he's like, where'd you get this? Oh, I, I got it at this old rock shop in San Jose. He's like, San Jose? Oh, dude, do you know Exhumed? I was like, oh, I'm in that band. Like, wow, okay. Someone at relapse like, knows who my band is. This is cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> And uh, so that led to uh, <clears throat> Exhumed, you know, finally getting a, a you know proper record deal or whatever. Right. And we've been with Relapse ever since, you know. And one of the one of the funniest questions that I 
get sometimes from kids at shows like you know so how did you guys decide you know to sign with relapse or whatever i was like decide are you kidding like we were desperate to like get any kind of record deal you know right if really you know relapse earache nuclear blast century media whoever anybody like we would have you know jumped at the chance you know to to make a a real record on a real label and oh, yeah. relapse was the only people that were even remotely interested so we were you know very fortunate hell yeah <laughs> And then, you know, obviously after that we made some records and did some tours and had some more lineup changes. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, then we split up in like 2005, I guess, because for me, you know, long story short, I guess, you know, Cole and I had been playing together since 90. And when he left the band after our third record after An Enemy's Destiny it just to me right. wasn't the same band and I kind of just tried to try to, to keep doing different things but I I don't know I just wasn't I wasn't into it I tried to get myself into it and talk myself into <coughs> thinking it was cool but I right. just didn't really feel it anymore and uh, you know I, I was much more interested in playing you know like thrash metal and sure. you know kind of also just doing something else in my life that wasn't just you know getting in the van and, and riding around playing the same death metal songs again and again right so you know but after, after about five years to that then I was like yeah pretty cool to get in the van and drive around playing the same death metal songs again <laughs> <laughs> that and, brings uh, us to uh, you, you so, missed it <laughs> yeah. oh yeah I mean definitely you know and I think you know if Cole if Cole had stayed in the band I, I think that we wouldn't have split up I think we would have continued and, right. and done whatever um, but ultimately you know I think we're sort of much better off at, at this point because you know as much as Cole's like my closest friend and he and I started the band and he understands where I'm coming from and all of that you know sort of nifty intangible stuff um, it's much easier kind of working with drummers that are a bit better musicians sure. um, at this point and it just makes things a lot easier and and, and more fun and, and a little bit more open in terms of kind of how we can, you know, the stuff that we can do, the, the stuff that we can approach because the level of musicianship has has really improved, you know. Right. So, uh, and anyway, so I think right now we're probably in the best shape that we ever have been, you know. Um I mean, maybe not physically, but <laughs> in terms of you know, our ability to, we'll to to write and execute the material that we want to do, you know, because before it was always like our ambition was at seven, but our playing ability was at about you know four and a half. So right. now we've sort of evened that out, and uh, you know, <clears throat> so I, I feel a lot more confident right. now than I ever did back then. What does it? Do you still are you still in touch with Cole? Oh yeah, um, I don't. He's, it's one of those things where. You know, I don't talk to him all that often. You know, every couple months or whatever. Um, right. But every time that we hang out, it's you know, it's like we've never missed a beat. You know, I that's I cool. just went to uh, we went to the Raiders Chiefs game. Oh uh, shit! Oh last shit! Year, <laughs> last October, that game was crazy. Um, uh, that game sucked, but whatever. <laughs> I, you know, it, it was we had a blast. I yeah. had a great time hanging out with him, and you know. Standing in the rain and all that stuff, but um, and he's you know he's always he's always wanted to do his own thing. He's always been more interested in sort of like 
becoming a scientist, which is what he is now. And he's got wow. a really awesome two-year-old daughter. His wife's great. And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, they came to my... They came to my wedding last year, which was great. He was my best man. Yeah, oh, I wanted awesome. to say congratulations, man. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> so yeah, we're you know we're definitely still in touch. It's just not as you know we don't live down the street. I mean, I, I think right. when Zoom started, we all lived in like a three square mile radius of right. each other. You know, like because we, we were kids, we didn't have you know we didn't even have cars. Like we had to be able to walk to each other's houses. Like if we, yeah. if we couldn't walk or ride your bike, you were fucked. So, and I didn't like riding bikes back then. I thought that it was for nerds. I don't yeah. know why. I, I never, I never did either. I walked. Like, Fuck riding bikes. I took the train tracks everywhere. Okay. I, went. I rode yeah. a skateboard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that's uh, you know, twenty years or whatever in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. But I will say, uh, all got no glory. It's one of my favorite records you guys ever did. I really uh, the return to form record. It's not even a return to form. It's like a almost a reinvention or like you know uh, it, was a, it was a great point for an exhumed album to come out it's like I a think. rebirth yeah it's, it was kind of yeah, revitalized the scene itself I think when that <clears> record <throat> came out uh, as Hammer to Anvil still to this day I mean it's one of my favorite songs I think in the death metal songs period I, the song's fucking nasty the, it's it's a good oh, cool. riff you know and I don't know I feel like in 2011 a lot of stuff was oversaturated with deathcore stuff and that stuff started getting really big and it was nice to have a really balls out death metal release come out and just you know, uh, I really enjoyed it. So, <clears throat> oh, cool. Well, that, that's awesome to hear. I think you know, in a lot of respects, I'm really glad that we took that time off because I think if we would have made a, another record, you know, 2005 or whatever, right? Um, it would not have been as intense. It wouldn't have been as good. It would have been kind of. You know, I was getting a lot more into playing with melody and really kind of like figuring out how to use those tools. And I think it would have been probably a bit too melodic and a bit too right. slow and stuff. I mean, even though Necrocracy is a lot more mid-paced and has more melody, but it's still it's great too. It's, you know, yeah, it is. Oh well, thanks. It's crushing. It's definitely darker than the stuff I was writing. You know, back right after the band split up, and, and I right. think you know, to me, it was like if we're going to come back and make a record, you know. I wanted to make sure that we were making something that was, you know, better than what we've done before and showed people that, hey, like, we're an actual band. This isn't just, like, a, a nostalgia thing, you know? Right. It definitely doesn't sound like bands it. are kind of coasting, you know, at this point. They put out new records just so they can sort of go on tour and trot out the hits. And it's like totally agree with you on that. We talk about that all the time. You're totally right. <laughs> See, it's true. They really do. Well, you know, it's and I, and I get it. I mean, it's it's safe, and you know, the, the weird thing is that the, none of the records are terrible. You know, no. And some of my favorite, favorite bands have made really terrible records, and so right. it's kind of one of those things where, <clears throat> you know, you're so glad that what you're getting isn't you know a Cold Lake or a you know yeah. whatever a Swan Song or a you know um, <laughs> yeah what was a fucking Endorama by Creator that you're like hey oh yeah that was <laughs> You know, yeah. This just vaguely resembles the band that I was into when I was a sure. kid, so it's cool. So you know, but I mean, as much as some of those records are divisive, I, I, I kind of give them more respect than a lot of the records coming out today because sure. at least they were taking a chance. They were really trying to do something different, you know. Right. Um, whereas you know, a lot of records, like a, you know, a lot of records you hear, you're like, yeah, this is totally acceptable 
material from right. band from this band. Like it's just intense enough to like not be let down. Stay afloat. But it's I guess, so yeah. overproduced yeah. that it doesn't have any in, you know the same kind of energy that they had before. So it's right. Just, I don't know how big I, of a I don't know. a Sodom fan you are, but I thought the new Sodom album was fucking awesome. You know, I actually haven't listened to it, and it's been one of those records I've been meaning to listen to because after M sixteen, I kind of like didn't really care. I mean, you know, it wasn't I didn't like them. I just was not particularly interested. In All right, the they they put out an EP. Uh, I'm trying to remember when they put that EP out. Uh, it was last year too. It was last year. Yeah, they had some good shit on there. And it was then, months before they put the album. Yeah, and then this album came out. The album is is pretty damn awesome. It definitely. Best thing they've done you know, day, right? in a while. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Definitely worth checking out. I'd recommend that one. Yeah, because I really yeah, like Sodom. Thank you so. for reminding me of that because it's like one of my biggest problems. Honestly, <laughs> it's just like sitting down to listen to new music. And oh I, sure, I do it at, at, at work, but I have to literally like I, I make a list on like a post-it note. I do the you same know, thing love, or on my phone or something. Yeah. I'm like, got to check out this and this and this, and then I don't do half of them, but you know. Right, it's impossible to keep up. And the thing is, you know, there's always been a ton of bands. It's just that now with the internet, we have access to all of them. Yeah, and you kind of just have to all of them. Yeah, you kind of just have to figure it it out. Harder. Yeah. Yeah. But with Sodom, I didn't even know it was coming out, and then the doctor here was like, "Yeah, the new Sodom's coming out." I was like, "Are you kidding me? A new Sodom record?" So I went and picked it up. It's man, that's definitely worth. I definitely recommend that to you. So. Awesome, thank you, thank you. I appreciate That's it. And one. you know, I mean, Sodom's one of my favorite bands. Just, oh yeah. Uh, because I think we are one of the few bands that during the '90s, like I give them a, a ton of credit because, you know, you look at stuff that Creator and Destruction were doing, and it's just like so just terrible. Yeah, it uh, is. And you know, <laughs> Sodom is still me. you know putting out really respectable records. You know, yeah. Um, maybe they weren't Persecution Mania, but they were they were raw and they were really aggressive and heavy and you know I think that I don't know I, I mean I guess maybe it's because of my own whatever ego or whatever but I think <laughs> that for all of us in the late in the mid and late 90s that were still playing you know old school music and, and you know keeping that sort of spirit going I think that anybody that was doing it then kind of deserves a little credit <laughs> because the climate was so unfavorable for it, you know. Right. Everywhere that we went to play, people didn't, you know, like us or were indifferent at best. And, you know, I, I just remember we would go to record shopping constantly because nobody wanted anything to do with metal. And so, yeah. you know, I, I look on Discogs in my record collection and everything's worth like 35 to like 70 bucks. And I'm like, yeah. I paid $5. <laughs> every Venom record I got, I paid $5 for every LP, you know? Right. Just because at the time it was just so completely, you know, at least in California where, where I lived. It was, no, it was. It was so unfavorable. <laughs> I think we were around the same age. I, you know, all the grunge stuff in the 90s and I'm, you know, I, I'm the same way. I look at stuff that I've got like a lot of, especially the death metal stuff. A lot of those records, if you've got them, even CDs, they're worth a lot of money. Wow, I should have saved my CDs. I got rid of. I, got rid of I mean, that, seriously, there's yeah, some those of them. First few like, uh, cancer records are worth a good bit. You can't buy those. But like the first monstrosity record, that, oh, that yeah. thing, that thing goes for like a hundred bucks, and it's bootlegged. And yeah, you, wow. if you're like a patch collector like I am, that shit. You know, oh yeah, those are. Good you used for to a just lot. get those at shows for five, ten bucks. Now you're gonna pay like you know thirty to. 50 bucks on a patch that's like a you know an authentic blue grape or a EMP or whatever right right 
Which I think is cool. They're kind of brought that back. That hasn't been a thing forever, right? I mean, no, no. That That's why they're so expensive because you can't find that shit. You know, it's they used to right, send the right. little catalogs out where you can buy the t-shirts and the patches and all that stuff. I've still got those tour shirts. I can't fit them, but God, they're worth a ton of money. It's yeah. like <laughs> old suffocation yeah, I, shirts. I have, a, or, I have boxes of shirts now that are that are too big for me for some reason. When I was like <laughs> fifteen, I bought all extra large shirts, and I'm like. I'm 41 and I'm wearing a medium, so it's like, why? Like, how much <laughs> going to grow? You know what I mean? Like, I thought I was going to go through some huge growth spurt and then just turn into a linebacker at some point. <laughs> it was like, no, kid, not happening. All right. So I just have, you know, I, I've, and I've been mean to start eBaying him just because. Uh, oh, you make like, some money. You go to uh, right. t-shirtslayer.com and people that you can get in touch with people from like Europe and all kinds of shit from there. That so that's a good place to look uh, and try to sell yeah, stuff. Yeah. They're, they're awesome shirts, and if they fit me, I, I would wear them all the time. Man. It's like, you know, what good is my Donna Possession tour shirt doing sitting in a box at my dad's house? Like, it's not doing anybody any good. <laughs> right. That's crazy. Especially Emulation. They're, you know, Ross is like, wear my shirt. <laughs> 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 I'm not supporting the scene, and I'm blowing it. <laughs> <laughs> the box is supporting the scene, and your and your dad, I guess. <laughs> the box is true as fuck. Man. It's interesting to me because I just I don't know, and I don't know how you feel about this. I wanted to ask you this. I the death metal thing. I mean, I don't know. I've just gotten so picky about what not not really snooty, but just kind of like picky about what I'll you know I'll check out anything. But it's like there's so much just there's a lot of bad. <laughs> the like, well, you know, I mean, I think. <sighs> It's like it's like Thrashman was like five years ago, you know. Um, as much as whatever people want to hate on on waste, like I think Municipal Waste is awesome, and I have like nothing but respect for those. Yeah, guys Corey's a big fan I love of those Municipal guys. Waste, and uh, Iron they, Reagan's good too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, but there's some of the guys that were doing that that were playing, you know, Thrash Metal in 1999 and 2000 and stuff, right? And you know. And then, you know, within four or five years, it was just an explosion. And, you know, I, we did that first Decapitator record in 99. And, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, you know, it's not that hard to write, like, pretty decent thrash songs. You know, right. we, can, we, we probably wrote that whole album, you know, just in our spare time when we were working on Exhum stuff, you know, like, oh, right. an hour here, an hour there. Somebody's late for practice, like, oh, here's a guitar and E, like, boom, there's a song. <laughs> and... You know, it showed because five years later when Thrash got trendy, it was just like a, just an onslaught of incredibly mediocre bands. You know, right. None of them were terrible, but it just was like, let me guess. You know, it's got like the, you know, the Slayer kick snare beat. There's some kind of high screaming, like you guys are talking <laughs> about posers. You know, it's it's like every song is Angel of Death, you know. Right, right. And, you know, <laughs> with, you know I, always want, I always think that somewhere there's a chart, you know, that has like, a list of adjectives and a list of nouns and then all they these bands the band, kind of yeah. just they threw a dart <laughs> on one side and then they threw a dart on the other side and they're like okay we are infernal agony okay we are total destruction like whatever you know verb the noun is you know there's right <clears throat> and yeah. it, I think and it's and weird now too now, it's, it's kind of the same thing you know you put right. anything through an HM2 pedal and it sounds kind of cool you're like hey cool now we got a band well now they got a band they need to be scientific with it but it's like now we're vervonolectomy and we're diphenolectamine and you know I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and we got it. We got a uh, you know dress like Urban Outfitters and Adidas stuff like we're corn, but we're gonna play slamming brutal stuff. I don't know. 
So I don't know. I just uh, it's there's the, some good out of it, you know. Uh, a, a band that the doctor turned me on to was uh, Deranged. That's a pretty awesome, you know, more of like on the lines of like brutal death metal, but they're not as like they're old though. That slammy. Yeah, they've, they've been around forever. since the, the 90s. I yeah. Think. Oh yeah, they've been around since the early 90s. I mean, I had that first upon a medical slab. Yeah, he, I mean, they're still. They're I remember still going. we we got that because Mike Amit did a guest solo on it, like after Necroticism. So I mean, that's like wow. 93, 94. Like that's. Yeah, deranged been around forever. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. Though. They yeah, are they're, awesome. They're like Sweden's cannibal corpse, you know. Right. <laughs> it's. I'm, oh, go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Oh no, I just was saying. You know, I don't. I don't want to like. You know, be too terribly reductionist or whatever. But I mean, you know, that's just sort of a shorthand for their style. You know. Right. They're a Swedish death metal band that doesn't play what you'd normally think of as Swedish death metal. Yeah, I think that's why I liked them. I was more attracted, I guess, because growing up. Like I said, us being around the same age, I, I was all about the, you know, Morbid Angel and Deasod and Cannibal Corpse and big malevolent creation fan. I love death and... Uh, gotcha. You know, and it was just... I you know, I guess that when I try to look for stuff like that, and I, that's what I thought was so unique about uh, that new Deranged record. I don't know if you've got to check it out or not, but it's it's like a throwback to that stuff. And, you know, you would expect it to sound like Entombed, and it sounds like the Florida stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's weird because when we were kids, um, you know, being from the San Francisco Bay Area, there's not really hardly, even though we have a great tradition of, of pretty exceptional death metal bands, we never had like a death metal scene. You know, that was disaster, right. obviously. And then Insanity, and then Chuck was out here for a minute, you know, and yeah. then Autopsy and Sadist. But aside from that, there wasn't really, you know, when I was a kid, the whole thrash thing was still you know, winding down, but still very much happening, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, because of Metallica being so successful, obviously, it seemed like it was just never going to stop. Right. And so, to me, Florida might as well have been as far away as, you know, the moon or Sweden or whatever. <laughs> right. We, we really kind of fixated on on the, the British bands, you know, on, on Napalm and, and Carcass and Bolt Thrower. And um, we, we kind of... I, I, I love the early morbid stuff and I, I love the first Deicide record but we kind of turned our noses up a little bit at a lot of the satanic stuff right. because it just seemed so cheesy and you know I mean right. you're like 15 or whatever and to me it was like that was all kind of stuff that was being left behind with the 80s is how I looked at it when I was a kid I was like there's no you know morbid angel with their leather pants and their pentagrams I was like this is so corny like come on guys it's not 1984 like who are you trying to kid and you well, know, if you're 15 too you can't really pull off the the leather stuff and the pentagrams so they're like these kids are <laughs> extreme you know? I don't know it's weird I know what you're talking about like my my cutoff with Deicide's the second record Right, and then on, and then on uh, Morbid Angel, my cutoff really is Blesser the Sick. Oh wow! Okay, and then so I mean Covenant. Here's the problem that I have with Covenant. When I went and saw that tour, uh, you know, it was like all these like douchebags showed up. It's like, how the hell do you know what this is? You know, and that's fine for Morbid Angel; they're making money. It's cool, but for me, as like a you know a death metal kid, because when I I tell you just a quick story, I was really into thrash until I heard. Uh, the first Cannibal album, and I was like, okay, I've found my new thing. Right. You're like, why do I need, you know, Death Angel anymore? Like, this shit is... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah, and I was into all this. You mentioned Laws Rocket earlier. I love that band. I was into, you know, yeah, anything I could get my hands on, you know, any anything. 
and uh, Cro-Mags. I, all my friends like Age of Quarrel better than Best Wishes. Well, I like Best Wishes because I thought Best Wishes, even though I love both of them, but I thought Best Wishes was more of like a thrash element, you know. And then It really is. It, it is like but it's such a great album, you know, and... and, and right. Uh, there's also one that Best Wishes CD is worth like 150 bucks or something. But oh my god, seriously, it's <laughs> it's crazy. But but anyway, but you know, but I heard that first Cannibal record and I was like, my god, this is amazing. So I bought up anything I could from Florida, even though I know they're right. from Buffalo. But you know what I mean, like anything that was being pumped out. If Scott Burns produced it, I bought it. <laughs> I, I was the exact same kid, you know. And, and it's weird because to me, you know, as an adult or even as you know, much younger adult, like. You know, by the time I was 20, 21, really, um, I could clearly see the sort of building blocks, the progression, you know, even all the way back to, you know, Sabbath and Cream and, and yeah. Zeppelin and Deep Purple and on through whatever, all the way to, you know, where we end up with Napalm Death and stuff. But when I was a kid, I didn't have that sort of context. And, you know, to me, it was like, as soon as I heard Metallica, I was like, well, I don't need any other kind of music aside from this. And then I got into death metal, and I was like, well, I don't need thrash metal. What do I need? (laughs) Right, right. right. And, you know, it took a while to sort of get the perspective to be like, oh, well, all of this is it's all informing each other. And it's also informing me, you know, as much as when I was 16, I would probably never admit to being influenced by Master of Puppets. It's like, well, dude. Yeah, of course you are. Come like, on, you, yeah. You know, you you grew, you started playing guitar, trying to learn how to do this. Like, of course you're influenced by it. You can't help it. You know, yeah, and right? It's just a function of of being a you know a snotty teenage kid. And, <laughs> right. I mean, I was the know, same one. That's what I was saying. You know, it's like <laughs> right. when the when the guy that picks on me in schools wearing a Metallica shirt, I got to find something else. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're like. Right, I mean, that, that, and that was literally what it was to me. Like when Injustice for All came out. Thank uh, you, thank you, you know, exactly. It was just. I, I went to that tour. I did too. Queens I, was Queens Rock or the Cult open for him when you saw him. I saw him with Faith No More. Oh wow! Uh, wow, it was like summer '89, and maybe that was just a West Coast thing. It must have been, but, yeah, because uh, it was the Cult and Queens Rock. I saw when I saw him, like right, yeah. right. And I just remember looking around at the, the crowd there, and I was like, man, you guys suck! You're like you guys are on <laughs> like, what, are you doing? what are you doing in a Metallica show? Don't you know what this is? Like, yeah. why are you here with a Def Leppard shirt? <laughs> right. And, just had that sense like this doesn't belong to me anymore like shit exactly so that's exactly else, right. you know and you know it was weird because I mean by the time the Black Album came out people always talk about how they felt so betrayed I didn't even notice so I was like who cares what Metallica are doing like have you heard of Obituary like, exactly you know, yeah. exactly fuck and, yeah you know it took you know until like 97 when I heard uh, Through the Never on the radio Ugh. and the, 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 I've I've love the blackout I love load I love reload like whatever I don't I don't even care but the the girl I was dating at the time she's like you never heard this before I was like no what is it so she's like it's on the blackout I was like huh I'd only heard the singles you know just like at a bar right (laughs) right I'll I'll give you the tape if you want like uh, I was like oh cool all right and I kind of rediscovered Metallica and then they did that garage ink with the versatile fade cover I I do like that stuff yeah I was like, man, it's like... Oh, and they do Green Hell the and, and stuff by the Misfits, and they do, yeah. uh, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, that just, to me, it was just like, because I wasn't 15 or 13 or whatever, however old I was, summer of 89, say I was 13, um, it just wasn't that personal for me. I was like, oh, this band is still awesome at making music. I just don't want to go to their shows because I don't feel like paying $9 for a beer and 
waiting in line for an hour and a half right. to, you know, to stand 30 rows back and, <laughs> you know, maybe hear the four horsemen. That's just not, that's why I don't see Slayer, you know? Uh, yeah. Right, exactly. It's like, you know, the music's pretty good. You know, they got a couple good songs on all the new albums and they're always good live. It's just the, the hassle of going and, you know, the, all the sort of meathead, like, that's the worst part about Slayer. Bands. I can, I deal with the Metallica, right. like average Joe Blow crowd before I deal with a, a drunk meathead Slayer crowd. The, the last one I went to was uh, last year, I believe, when they toured with uh, Carcass. And, oh, uh, yeah. With, that, that, that was probably fun because they're playing secondary Marcus and smaller. Yeah, it was it was cool. And then, uh, but the there was a guy on the top balcony. I saw people, like, moving away, and I was like, what the hell's going on? I look up, and this guy's pissing off the balcony. And he's just like, fucking Slayer. And I was like, yeah, this is a Slayer show, definitely. Right. <laughs> glad I'm a couple feet away. Yeah. On people have to be Slayer. Fucking like, <laughs> sure Yeah. Like that. <laughs> and, yeah. But I mean, you know, that, that's sort of the beauty of the whole thing, though. It's all layers, you know, and, right. and you kind of find where you feel comfortable. And, you know, if it is, you know, being into metal is your lifestyle or your culture or whatever, your subculture, right. whatever you want to call it, you know, you, you sort of descend until you find the niche where you feel the most comfortable at. And, yeah. you know, it's, uh, that's it's very hard. true. It's almost hard now, though. They mix so much different stuff into tour packages these days. It's like, you know, a lot of stuff geared for younger audience, and then the death metal band. It's like I mean, yeah, hard I mean, to I, get a, just right, a solid you, death metal pack. I get too, it from a business you know. perspective. I wanted to ask you this too, just just you know, and I'm not trying to like you know, uh, just narrow it down. But I mean, I'm going to narrow it down. I can't do the deathcore thing. I think it's an age <laughs> thing. I think I'm just too old. I don't know. I can't. I've tried, and I couldn't do it. No, that, that's how I feel. I'm like I'm just I'm just too old for this. Just. I mean, it's like a, it's like a boy it's like a boy band up there trying to do death metal. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> I try. I've tried. I guess the thing, the, the, the way that I've, I've sort of made peace with it is that you know, you know, Master of Puppets doesn't sound like Sad Wings and Destiny. Like it sounds quite different. Right. Just like you know, Covenant doesn't sound like Master of Puppets and whatever. Right. And the you know, time marches on, and sort of the the enduring quality of metal is that it changes with the time and for better or for worse it's ultimately a positive because it keeps the the, the it just keeps the music moving forward right because yeah there's a segment of the population that loves hearing you know a band in 2017 that sounds like left hand path for sure right but if that's all there was if it was just a straight nostalgia thing I think that you know, it, it, the the scene would be a lot poorer for it. Sure. And it doesn't mean that I think that I listen to deathcore, or that I own a deathcore record, or that I think you know, a, you know, a band name with fucking eight words is a good idea. <laughs> but, you know, or you know, one word uh, that's I mean, plural. Yeah. I, I guess I, I I try to always relate to the kids because I remember what it was like when I was a kid. In the, in the Bay Area where everybody listened to Testament and Heathen and I was like dude have you guys heard Terrorizer and they're like that shit sucks that's like a fucking noise like <laughs> why would you want to do that like what kind of asshole would get an instrument and make right. that sound right <laughs> and I think you know so uh, it's just it's really easy to get into that grandpa oh get off my lawn you kids are old I think you're right I think I I think I'm Matt I think I've grandpawed it man I didn't even mean to and I have <laughs> and the, the, the that's really cool about metal versus you know the vast majority of other forms of music is that metal 
is really about establishing a through line through the past. You know, like every deathcore kid, I guarantee you, you know, well, not every, but the vast majority of deathcore kids, I guarantee you, they've got, you know, rain and blood and they've got paranoid and they've got, you know, right. British steel or whatever, you know, and they've got at least some kind of awareness of that and they're into that. And it's like, cool, if this, this is where you want to take it, I mean, take it, it's yours. The, the, you know, the music doesn't belong to anybody but the person that's playing it, you know? Sure. Um, and I, and I, I always respect bands that take chances. I always respect bands that push things forward. Right. Um, doesn't mean I listen to them or that I even like it, but I'm like, you know, dude, it's 2017. Be a 2017 guy. But I'm not going to do that because I'm 41, and there's nothing more pathetic than seeing, you know, somebody's dad try to act like they're cool enough to hang out with the kids. Right. You know what I mean, like, <laughs> I, a 41-year-old shouldn't be acting like a 16-year-old, just like a 16 year-old maybe it shouldn't be having like a 41 year old like it's just you know so I, you just have to accept it and, and you know it does kind of suck when you go to a tour package and you're like hey i like these bands and then these other bands are like what i mean when we were doing we did summer slaughter and it was like oh yeah Campbell <laughs> corpse and then like all newer bands and then like there's like goat horror yes yeah. yeah and it was it was like clearly two crowds and two tours you know yeah. what i mean and I was like, God, it's these kids that are into death metal, like, it sucks. They're going to show up at 4 o'clock to see the other two bands they, they want to see, and then they're stuck <laughs> here for, like, five hours with all this other shit. Like, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's benefiting the promoter. You know, that's good. <clears throat> and that's like, I don't know if Between the Barrier and Me fans are really going to, like, suddenly get into Cannibal Corpse if they haven't gotten into Cannibal Corpse yet. You know, right. you know like, uh, I, I just don't know. But... <laughs> You know, so Especially if they're high, they'll probably get freaked out a little bit. Well, you know, the, we did the. I went and we did went and interviewed uh, Terrence from Suffocation and oh, and hung out with Dallas a little bit because we interviewed him earlier this year at, at Summer Slaughter and we went and you were talking about the same thing. Well, you know, I ran into the wall there. It's like okay, well, there's there's my band. You got Nile and you got Suffocation and Cannibal and the rest of it's deathcore stuff. And I was like, okay, well, you know, and it was just. I don't know. I get. I get it. I get it from a business standpoint. But like a perfect example here, uh, we went to see Napalm Death and inter- and interview Shane, and which was amazing. But there was nobody there watching him because everybody left when Black Dahlia Murder got done playing. Right. I thought that, I, I, I was kind of surprised that they headlined that tour. To be honest, yeah, just from having toured with, with both bands, Napalm was killer, album. man. You know? Napalm was oh, great, yeah. and Black Dahlia, in their own right, they're they're very good musicians. They're uh, very good Fantastic performers musicians. too. Yeah, and, and they're cool you know, dudes. With Black Dahlia, it's interesting because Trevor is such a diehard death metal guy. Like you right. will not meet a more death metal dude. That guy knows more about the music from when I was in high school than I do. Like, and, I, right. and he's like. 10 years younger than me or whatever and you know Black Dahlia is one of those bands where they're like about 60% of their music I think is like really cool and then every song has that one part where I'm like well and then you lost me but <laughs> you know when we were touring with them, I mean that's kind of when I you know, we were only out with them for a couple of weeks or whatever that's when I kind of had that realization I'm like you know Death Metal from today shouldn't sound like Death Metal from back then and the people making it that are young today shouldn't just be stuck like you know just do right. your own thing and, and and it's great because I love metal because I mean I just like the way it sounds but I love the culture of metal because now more more so way more so than when I was young everything is able to sort of coexist together like you know you go to a big festival in Europe and you have 
black metal, death metal, thrash metal, heavy metal, new wave, British heavy metal, you know, grindcore, whatever. And yeah, they got all, everything. You know, it's, there's an audience for all of it, and there's enough overlap that it makes sense for it all to sort of be under one tent. And I think, you know, when I was a kid, it was very much like thrash was big, then thrash went away, and then right. death metal was big, and then death metal went away, and then it was black metal, and then, you know, and I, I really give a lot of credit to that to the internet because nothing is ever out of print anymore. You know what I mean? Like yeah. back in the eighties, you know, if a record was out of print for four years, it was like good luck ever finding it in a record store. Like you just, it's yeah, you just, just won't there. hear it. Yeah. That's true. You know, and so many bands like that I was always really into or, or have been really into for a long time. Like, you know, we just played with Demolek and Razor right. who to me were two really great bands that were not popular at the time because they just didn't have the right distribution. They didn't have the right, right. label. They didn't have the right manager or whatever. And, you know, now that the internet in some ways has sort of leveled the playing field in, in that if it's, you know, it, it's accessible. So all things being equal, if you're not going into a record store and there's not a whole stand full of so far, so good, so what, right. staring at you and <laughs> might be out of the one Razor album, you don't just go home with that Megadeth album. You're able to just look around and, and keep listening and make a more sort of objective decision because all things being equal to a kid on his computer and bumfuck nowhere. And like, you know, one, <laughs> like one I want to listen to Shotgun Justice. Is, is, like, okay. as good as the next. <laughs> and I think that that's really enabled a lot of stuff to have a, a, a very kind of unnatural longevity, which is great, you know, and it's great for, for me because, you know, I'm still playing the same kind of music I was playing in high school, you know? Right. It brings back the demand for stuff that's, you know, uh, younger kids getting into the older shit and they want to hear it and they there's enough demand for it that the bands can go out and actually you know fucking keep playing and, and writing too you know it's right. kind of rejuvenates everything and that's kind of cool too with the how the internet works but uh I actually want to talk to you were kind of on the plane of it uh talk a little bit about gruesome and how that started because <laughs> fucking love that shit uh, oh thanks man I mean to talk about fucking wallowing in like unashamed nostalgia <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I, mean, I like that. Um, I, I did the, the the very first Death to All run, like the first nine shows or whatever. How right. did that? Because, do you want to talk about how that came about? I was always curious how you got involved with that. <laughs> um, like 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 many things or many positive things that have happened to me throughout the, my time playing music, it was one of those sort of like, well, we can't really get what we wanted or what we planned on, but we can get you. And you're willing to do it, so we can do it. I was like, <laughs> wow. well, sure. You put um, it that way. <laughs> was was originally supposed to do it, right. and um, he couldn't get his visa approved. And I had talked to Death's manager, Eric, uh, pretty extensively, because he promoted a show of ours in Calgary. And then I heard about the, the tour idea, and I saw him in L.A., because he's also, he manages obituary, and he's relapsed as a lawyer, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, like, if you guys need a singer I guess you know like my, my range isn't so ter- terribly different from Chuck's and I know all the lyrics to like regurgitated guts and stuff like that's cool right. um, but he wasn't really involved directly in putting together the first death hall it was the guys from Sick Drummer and anyway they, they, they wanted you know they were more the musician side of it and they wanted uh, Stefan from Obscura to do the, the second half of the set singing and playing the, the later stuff right. um, and so 
he couldn't do it and it was you know nine days out from the tour and, and they called me and I was like yeah I'm available and I'd like to do it sure um, and it was kind of like well if his visa gets approved you know we'll just give you a couple hundred bucks for coming and rehearsing with the guys and bothering to learn the songs or you may do the first part of the tour if his visa gets approved later and he flies in or whatever and just you know ended up that I did the whole thing and um, you know for me it was fun but I, I mean I was hearing some of the songs I was playing for the first time I'd never really listened to individual thought patterns or symbolic right or or Center Perseverance I'd honestly never heard those records right. um, so to me I was like I was like what's Crystal Mountain like what's Zero Tolerance I don't know okay I guess I learned these songs right. I really wanted to be you know I would have much rather been doing what, what Charles from Abyssal Donovan was doing on that tour which was just playing the stuff in the first four albums because sure. that was you know, the stuff I was familiar with and you know I grew up learning to play guitar you know playing along with Scream Bloody Gore stuff and we used to you know play that like in our my mom's living room and shit <laughs> so anyway they I, I got involved with that and I, like I said in my heart I was like excited but I was like well this isn't quite as cool as it could have been right and then exhumed got busy again and and then Eric took over death to all and you know they contacted me and I was like well we're gonna be out with suffocation so I, I can't do it but thank you for getting a hold of me and you know keep me in mind and I ended up doing one more show with which is quite weird because Death to All was touring in America with Sean Ryder on drums, and then we went and played a show as Death to All in Europe with Gene Hoagland on drums. Right, so it was right. getting a little franchisey. And anyway, so while we were on that suffocation tour, um, we ended up suffocation at two dates in Canada. We have problems getting into Canada because we all drunk driving convictions, and so <laughs> instead we ended up supporting death to all for two days and that's where i met gus and we were just backstage talking about how you know we wish that they would play you know some of the deeper cuts like you know forgotten past and uh, you know mutilation and so on and so forth and how fun it would be sure to get rick Ross and terry butler involved in some fuck yeah you know? <laughs> and so gus pitched that to eric He's like, well, what, would, what, what do you think about like a club, like a smaller club tour? And, you know, this guy from Exhumed will do it and I'll play drums, you know, and we'll, we could get James Murphy or we could get Rick or whatever and we could just do, you know, the earlier stuff. And Eric didn't really bite because, you know, it was going quite well uh, as, as it was. And so I just sort of told Gus, I was like, well, we'll just, you know, I'll just write a death album for us. We'll just do something. Ha ha ha. You know, yeah. whatever. And I was visiting my wife, uh, then my girlfriend in, in England. And I just had some downtime and she had an old crappy guitar <laughs> sitting around. So while she was at work, I just started kind of like coming up with some, some sort of like Chuck type riffs or whatever. And, right. and uh, I sent them over to Gus and luckily Gus is a recording engineer and, uh, he had, he he was out of malevolence and he wasn't really doing anything and he liked the songs and recorded live drums and I was like man it's actually it sounds kind of cool and um, you know then we put together a demo uh, he recruited the rest of the band you know Dan and Robin were, were friends of mine already but he kind of put the lineup together they recorded everything in Florida to the studio here in California and just did the vocals and oh, yeah. we had a demo and Relapse was into it and, and really surprised the shit out of me how how well received it's been I mean I thought it was just like a, a you know 
a novelty record. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then now we're we have a we have an EP coming out in I believe in April. Nice. Um, and then we'll be recording a new album uh, relatively soon, sometime probably before the summer, I think. Awesome. Well, so yeah, it's, it's really taken off way beyond my expectations. I have to thank you because it was like, and I'm I'm going to go back here for me. Um, I w- I still buy CDs. I like to if I can. I like to buy them physically. I don't like to buy them online, and which is getting harder and harder to do. But anyway, so. I'm, I'm in a store, and it was like going back in time, man, that Savage Land record. When I bought it, I was like, I didn't even know what it was. And I pick it up. I, I seriously did. I picked it up like I was at fucking Camelot Music or Record Bar or, you know, Turtles, You, if you remember any of these fucking places. And that's what it was like. And I picked that thing up, and I listened to it for two months straight in my car. That's awesome. Yeah, man, it's I just, mean, it's just great. Places. And... It's just I don't know, man. And the dimensions of horror is killer too. But I, I was just so happy. I, I was like, man, because it definitely it harkens back to to leprosy and scream bloody gore and maybe even spiritual healing a little bit. I don't know. I, I love it. I just really like awesome. it. I, I I don't know. It just it was just really cool. And I had no idea till I opened it up and was looking at the liner <laughs> notes because I still like to do that. And I'm looking at the line, and there you are. So no, they're they're great releases. Uh, it's. Yeah, sure. It's like a you know like a throwback thing, but I can tell it's just what you guys like, and it's really cool. Uh, does a lot for fans that like both you know both things, and uh, really enjoy that kind of nostalgic feel. But it doesn't feel forced. You know, it's like genuine, and I like that. It's kind of rare, you know, uh, to have albums come out like that where it's a throwback, but also it's just something new to listen to. I think it's you know it's it's pretty fucking awesome. I'd I'd be definitely proud of that. Well, thanks, man. I can't believe you got that the guy the artwork on it. I was like, "Wow, that's awesome!" It made our list for the for the albums of the year, even though it was an EP. That was yeah, know, Dimensions, Dimensions made our horror. was top awesome, sixteen man. of sixteen. So. Right. Nice. I think you know, like that's really what we were trying to do is is to to for the people that were there and having similar experiences, you know, driving, you know, riding your bike to the record store or whatever, and you know looking through tapes for hours and like I don't know is Onslaught better than Hyrax like I don't know what <laughs> yeah. whatever. I just you know you're just looking at the album cover and the song titles and like this seems cool I don't know as my whole allowance on this one tape it's a earth shattering decision right and you take it home and you put it in and it's just such a great feeling it's the culmination of your whole week this one new cassette tape and diving into it and everything and I think you know we wanted to to harken back to that for people who experienced it and, and also, you know, maybe share a little bit um, with the people that are, you know, too young to remember that. And, right. you know, when we, uh, when I was getting, when I was writing up the press stuff for relapse, I was like, okay, so imagine you're riding your bike home from seventh grade <laughs> and you stop by the record store, buy this with your allowance, you go home, steal your dad's beer before he gets home from work, put on the headphones <laughs> and listen to this. Like, you know, like trying to just it's imagine perfect. this whole yeah you know, 80s throwback scenario. And um, and obviously, you know, it's all done very respectfully, you know. It's very tasteful, We, we yeah. tried to, to make it clear that, yes, we know it's death for a profit. And, right. you know, as Chuck is no longer with us, obviously, he's not going to make any more death records. And thank you for 
giving us a chance, you know, just by listening to it and being like, hey, cool. I mean, it's not a new death record, but it's, it's you know, relatively close. So when I had uh, heard yeah. about it, you know, I didn't go into it thinking, oh, this better sound like uh, leprosy or I'm going to be upset, you know, or uh, this sounds too much like leprosy. I'm, I'm upset, you know. I just kind of was like, oh, this seems like a cool concept. You know, Savage Lands artwork is really fucking awesome. You know, the logo is like very chuck and like also like you know morbid angel possessed looking so you know uh i knew what to expect but i had a lot of unexpected feelings while i was listening to it where i was like wow this is actually something new even though it sounds familiar it's pretty awesome so yeah i definitely did oh well thanks man i really appreciate it you know and for for me listening to it i felt like it was a um i don't know it feels like uh an honest love for those early death records as opposed to you know a tribute band and i and i i i just can't thank you enough for it i'm serious it's one of the reasons that's why i messaged the page that's why i wanted to have you on and i not just for exhum but i i'm serious like i really am grateful for what you're doing with that band like as a as an older fan i really am oh well, cheers man i i appreciate it and hopefully uh Hopefully you'll, you'll like the new album. It's sort of our uh, our spiritual healing. So. Oh, yeah, shit. that's my favorite record. Yeah, I think it's his. It is. <laughs> that album's fucking oh, cool. sick. It's got the nice, really slow drumming. That's awesome. I at all. I love that. Like the addicted to cocaine. Well, cool, guys. And I know you guys are doing some some touring for Gruesome. I know you guys will be in Maryland in May. And... No, Exhum's doing it this year. Oh, it's Exhum. You were there last year. Okay. Yeah, and and then um, gruesome. We're we're setting up some dates for May right now. Some awesome. West Coast stuff like Phoenix to Vancouver, and you know we're trying to, to, to trying to do stuff when time allows. You know, everybody has a lot of other things on their plate, so it's uh, sure we haven't had the right combination of everybody's schedule and, and the right thing. So you know, but we're we're trying to do more as we can. You know, right. So, I mean, it's. It's good stuff. I'm I'm happy to hear you got more stuff coming out. I I can't get enough of it. Like I said, I the Savage Land thing didn't leave my car for two months. So <laughs> it's awesome, man. It's awesome. just I don't know. It's just it's just one of those records that just worked. And then you want to talk a little bit? How did how did you get um, the, that artwork? I was like, man, I about shit when I was like, how that they pull that off? Yeah, you get the Italian, I mean, I, uh, you know, it really cannibal doesn't have that cover. much to do with us. You know, we when we when we signed the contract with Relapse, we specifically said, like, we have to have Ed Rapka do the, the artwork or else it just won't feel like a death album. Oh, you know? sure. Whatever. Um, like, we'll, we'll use less money to record the actual songs if, if we, we need more money to pay this guy. And, um, <laughs> Make it authentic. You know, <laughs> right. We, and we gave him a basic concept, you know, um, this is the title track this is what the song is about you know compositionally if you want to make it similar to what you did for death that'd be great and you know <laughs> take it away and then he'd knock it out of the park now will he be working with you on the new stuff as well uh yeah he's doing the next album and then oh. after that we'll move on to hopefully hiring the other guy right. <laughs> the guy that did human and everything oh my <laughs> lord that's amazing that's amazing oh yeah they're even going that far with it which is I mean that's incredible. I mean the attention to detail on that because, like I said, I had no idea till I looked it up that that was the same artist. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> uh, oh 
yeah, we 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 even like the box and all that kind of stuff. I would like to talk about uh, horror movies a little bit with you before we go. It's our other okay half of our thing, so we'll get into that. Uh, I know Ross said he was more, you know, he's more the Dawn of the Dead guy. He said you were more of the Italian horror guy of the group. Yeah, I, w- I was always a Fulci guy, you know. That's I think, that's uh, me. He's my favorite director. And then, nice, yeah. And specifically, I think when we saw. Um, Gates to Hell or whatever City of the Living Dead or whatever yeah um, I immediately kind of latched on to the fact that it was already involved obsessed by cruelty it had the same message on the tombstone right and then it, the, the the lyrics for Regurgitated Guts are obviously sort of a plot synopsis yeah. of the of the movie and I was like you know it was kind of just a, like I, I you know a sort of cheesy term but it was like a synergy kind of moment I was like oh look it's like the aesthetic the visual that connects with the music and it just was like the perfect sort of storm for me um, and just the fact that it's like super gory and you know oh, yeah. just gross it's just like really repulsive I think there's something about the Fulci's you know, part of it is the, the I'm sure the equipment that it was all recorded on, but his sensibility there's just something so grimy about it. Even when he's it's just visceral shooting, and sleazy, but it's you know Yeah. Even just a normal scene of people like having dinner or whatever, there's something kinda of like slimy about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that. <laughs> and he always has, you know, the cool eyeball Yeah, eyeball violence, always, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I think my favorite things to see is the, the eyeball violence or like when there's like you're trying to pull the guy free from the zombies and you finally pull him three free and it's just his top half and his yeah. hand and they're eating his bottom half. Like those are kind of my two favorite sort of visual gags. I like that the, one. Uh, and, oh, go I'm on. sorry? I like the uh, the neck down, it just shows a pair of titties and a throat slit. But it's a very <laughs> violent throat slit. It's not just like a little blood, it's like intense. Right. Like and you that's can feel Italian it. As well. Yeah. Almost more Argento, yeah. but he does a lot. On... He's, he's sort of the more artistic guy, you know. I, yeah. I always really admired um, the cinematography in, in Suspiria because it's sort of, you know, I mean, it's cliche to make the comparison, but it does no, have Suspiria is awesome. Yeah. Elaborate, elaborate camera work, and, and the death scenes are very, there's a sort of elaborate and they're vibrant. elegance mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. And and he's I, I always love the whole like the shattered mirror thing that Argeno does. I, I always thought that was like a really cool, um, just a, a neat visual device that kind of plays into, you know, your what you're watching is sort of a reflection of reality, but it's distorted. And you right. know, I thought that you know it was a nice sort of it just was a convenient device that works visually and kind of conceptually, you know, right. Um, but when I was a little kid, I think, you know, Reanimator was, like, probably my all-time favorite. Like when I, was I remember you guys come out to that theme song a lot on uh, Exhumed. Yeah, now, I, I always pumps me up, because I'm like, fuck yeah, they're coming out to Reanimator. These guys are cool, you know. <laughs> and it's just so 80s, like, with the neon colors and the cheesy intro. Oh, it's great. <laughs> oh, it's great. Well, actually, something funny to tell you, Corey had tried to get, we were going to try to get Jeff Combs on here. And you're not going to believe this. Like, I, I, I was like, are you fucking kidding? Because my name that I use on here, Vincent West, Vincent's from Vincent Price, because I'm a huge Vincent Price fan, and West is from Herbert West, so right, that's right. what I stole it from. But 
Corey, the guy, like, his agent wanted, like, five grand to do a 30-minute interview. Yeah. It was pretty wow. outrageous. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, like, I don't get paid to do we this. Like, I just do this for free. You know? I'm not, you know. Man, you could have just told me no. But it's like, like I yeah, not, I know, but <laughs> I'm not five a, grand for 30 minutes. I just have a laptop and a microphone. I'm not going to. I'm not a convention for right. three days, you know. Not, <laughs> We're not um, booking you in the hotel. Yeah, I don't know what that. I don't know. But yeah, re- you guys had a, an extra five grand sitting around that you had nothing to do with. You could use it. To I would have told no. I would have totally used it if I had the money, but uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely don't. Uh, not for thirty minutes, but um, <laughs> that's pretty. He's like, well, what do you think uh, he's worth? Then I was like, I respect him enough to like just that, if that's what he wants, I'm not gonna. I'm, right. I'm, that's just fine. Just yeah, I was like, I respect him enough. Or if that's what he wants, that's cool. I just can't do that. So we'll just leave it right. at that. You know, I'm not going to disrespect the guy over it, or it might not even be his fault. So I don't know. But that that was just kind of funny. I was like, wow, that's it was it was. I'll tell you something else. Might as well film a video of him. Are you a fan of uh, From Beyond? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know so, uh, that scene where the guy is chained, like getting whipped with a chain. Like the, <laughs> I love that part. And yeah. The, the coolest uh, Fabio Fritzi little dude. Right. Dum, 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 dum. That was kind of <laughs> where we stole the intro for that song, uh, Gangrene, on Savage Land. Oh, wow, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we went, man, I, we went, another interesting story, we were interviewing Ken Foray, which was amazing. And when I, when Corey and I were trying to talk to him, was I, I was trying to talk. I think it was me. Was you? I don't yeah, remember. You brought up from beyond. I was trying to talk to him about from beyond, and he did not want to have anything to talk about that. Interesting. It was very, and I don't know the. I wish I knew the backstory on it. And I respect him. Obviously, we dropped it immediately. He was fucking amazing to talk to. But there's something bad that happened at that point in his life. He was saying, like, and during the movie. Oh yeah, he he had had something really bad happen to him, and then he. There was something that went on. I don't know if it, I'm assuming it was with Stuart Gordon. So I don't know, but it's one of those untold things. If you ever listen, it's a weird interview because he like totally went ghost on me. Like it, oh, wow. it, it like freaked him out. Like, and I didn't mean to because I'm a huge fan of that fucking film. But I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> well, he was like, you know, usually I never get them, but then once in a while I'll get the From Beyond fans that'll be like, hey, so what about From Beyond? Yeah, because I love From Beyond. He was, yeah, I love it too. It's it's really it's fucking gross. It's sick awesome. fucking you know. Yeah, that, that's one of Ugh. the best, and it's also uh, that song "Land and No Return" that by Death. It was about that. Really? Oh yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so if it's not Fulci or Argento for me, it's Usen as one of my favorites, and Stuart Gordon, or just yeah, that stuff's fucking wrong. Sick, nasty. We were watching uh, "Return of the Living Dead" three the other day, and I I didn't know that Usen did that for the longest time, but now it makes sense because it's. Actually, uh, the gore and that freaks me out. <laughs> it's actually kind of disturbing the zombies in that film. Oh yeah, it is. If you've That's never, it should be. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Now, what's your uh, favorite Fulci? Would you say? I, I think it is Gates to Hell. I is think it? that's that's the one for me that just kind of sums it all up. You know, um, I, I love Zombie and, and, the, and the Beyond. Those right. Would be my kind of runners up. Just a whole shark zombie. Yeah, that was was really funny. It's right. It's got some like comedic moments in it, but yeah, I I think that one is sort of the 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 scariest and grossest. Yeah, mine's probably uh, Cat in the Brain, even though that's like a collection of a bunch of different things he did mixed into like like one movie. It's like a clip 
show thing. Yeah, yeah, but it's like him as himself, and he's going crazy because of his films, and it's just like, I don't know, there's some scenes in there that are just really gross and nasty, and I love it. Um, we yeah, did. I remember the first time I saw that, I was really confused. I was like, wait, I've seen this part before. Wait, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that one always stuck out to me, besides probably the Beyond was really good. And we did a New York Ripper with Ross, and he had a, he had a good time with that. So we'll... We'll have to do one with you, maybe a Fulci or a, an Argento for you and do one. Yeah, if you're up for it yeah, sometime. That'll be fun, man. That'll be fun. And I, I promise I won't be quite as difficult to coordinate as I was. No, it's Oh, you're, you're totally fine. We appreciate you doing this. It means a lot. I've been a fan for years, and Corey has been since he was a kid, so it's pretty awesome. Oh, well, thanks, guys. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, dude. We had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it was a blast, man. Thank, thank you, guys. I mean, thanks for the, the kind words. It's, uh, it's really nice. Oh, sure, yeah. Thank you for all the good music. We really appreciate you doing this. And we'll catch you around. We'll we'll see you at a tour some point, and uh, hopefully have you back on. We can do a film or whatever you want to do. We'll stay in touch, man. Awesome, man. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Right, thank man. you so much. Cheers. Dubbing soon from Phantasm. West is not just your ordinary doctor. Others dare not dream what we are about to do. He intends to make medical history. This is no longer about just reanimating the dead. With the help of Daniel Kane. It's never going to work. It's going to be uncontrollably spastic. And a few select friends. Mr. took my body, but he cannot take my mind. He's about to bring his dream to life. God created woman. Someone old. What's dead is dead. Someone new. It's some kind of joke, right, man? How dare you judge my work? Someone borrowed. Who is she? <laughs> Someone blue. This morbid doodling with human body parts. Is this what it's all about? <laughs> Something so shocking, it must be true. There is my... Take a note of it, Dan! Rejects! Daniel! You're coming! You made me! I made you! (laughs) Forget it, Dan. She's just an assembly of dead tissue. H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator 2. Are we having fun yet? <laughs> Do you believe a thing can be inherently evil? The Marston House, for instance. How do you like that old house? Needs work. But we have time. Open the window. He commands it. Quiet little town of Salem's Lot. Oh, it's only all just happened since. Since I came here. Well, well. Tried to rape me. The vampires are creating vampires. Hey. Thing is moving. Yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Bill, Bill! Where are you, Demi, darling? 
Mr. Barlow is on a buying trip, but the moment he arrives, he'll enjoy Mr. Barlow. And he'll enjoy you. <laughs> Welcome to Creep Show 2. Stephen King. And what is it? And George Romero. I've never seen nothing like that before. Are at it again. Show 2, rated R. We'll be seeing you. Starts tomorrow. Check local newspaper for show times. The night of the formal is finally here. For Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. They get into your mouth and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new breed of terror. Hey! They are a different kind of horror. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. Oh, I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. Night of the creeps. If you scream, you're dead. Century Fox invites you to join the boys and girls of Sigma Phi for their annual New Year's Eve party. This year is a masquerade on wheels, and the person behind you could be your best friend or the last person you see on Earth. Experience the most terrifying ride of your life on the Terror Train, rated R. Starts October 3rd at a selected theater near you.